No dad is better than no dad. It's holiday phosphorus. Everyone, three balls, two sticks, one cork nose, snowman, no, much, much more. This is your host, Throw Smiley. Who's joining me this week? Sucks. Sucks hard. I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh. And hey, Throw, can you throw wind chime sound effects in every time that we talk about Jack Frost? <laughs> oh my God, there's so many wind chimes. The magic is in the air. <laughs> Always. Can you say brain dead? I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> uh, and this is uh, Holiday Phosphorescence, your yearly holiday version of Harmless Phosphorescence, where we talk about Christmas movies. And uh, indeed, we are going to talk about a movie, <laughs> alleged movie. Uh, this show is brought to you by patrons, patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You want to be a patron too? Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. There's lots of bonus content there. There's Star Wars shows and uh, we do a monthly movie. We've got some uh, music shows up on there. There's tons of extra uh, episodes. Um, we're going to be doing a s- episode on Strange Brew coming up this month shortly here. Um, that is at patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. But this week, on Holiday Phosphorescence, we are watching, so that you don't have to, 1998's Jack Frost. Once upon a time, in the town of Medford, there lived a man named Jack Frost. Happy holidays! You guys are great! Are all musicians really flaky? Yeah. He had a beautiful wife and a loving son. But his job kept him away from home. Wretched this. On your harmonicas? I got that the morning you were born. When you play that, no matter where I am, I can hear it. Then one night, something happened. Something terrible. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I miss him too. I miss him too. That turned into something wonderful. Did it? I'm home. Charlie, it's me, it's Dad. What? So I'm supposed to believe that you're my dad? You were the one who played on the magic harmonica. I thought you made that up. So did I. Man, I think so. Yeah, it's the snowman, honey. Charlie's running away with the snowman. <laughs> really? What's the snowman look like? Three balls, two stick arms. Hey, that's my branch! Stockies. Well built. Shredding! Oh! Hey, I slimmed down. Whoa! Thanks for giving me a second chance to be your dad. Warner Brothers is proud to present Michael Keaton 
I'm a frozen freak of nature. And Kelly Preston. Freeze, mister. She's obviously not talking to me. In the story of a man who got a second chance to be the world's coolest dad. As long as you hold someone in your heart, you can never lose them. Jack Frost. Featuring the music of Hanson. <laughs> Is that what it said? Yeah. Once I didn't you guys this thing do you think the trailer guy read that and went, oh, I'm never seeing that fucking movie. That sounds oh. really stupid. I think, I hope so. The uh, trailer tried to explain more than the movie. Like one magic night. I don't think the night really had a whole lot to do with it. No, it was the harm. <laughs> like it was just Christmas time again. Dad died at Christmas time, but it wasn't Christmas Eve. No, it was. It was the magic harmo- life one day. The magic <laughs> harmonica. All right, but the trailer guy's like, "This is ridiculous. I got to come up with something." Yeah, what a magical night through the power of Christmas and a magical harmonica. A magic what? harmonica. Magical harmonica. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it was one of those harmonicas like a, that's like a fish. <laughs> or a lobster. Yes, lobster harmonica. <laughs> Is this like Jack and the Beanstalk's magic harp? Well, Is that what they were getting at? I think it makes even Make- less sense than that. I mean, this is how you give your, your kid a respiratory infection. You know, the movie. Sharing harmonica. This harmonica is as old as you. Harmonica is the silent killer. I've been blowing warm air into it for decades. I know. It is funny. I, uh, yeah. Way back when we would just swap harmonicas like it was nothing. <laughs> right. Like yeah. there were no pandemics. Swapping harmonicas. <laughs> Sitting in alleys swap- sharing See, use yeah. harmonicas. <laughs> That's that's yeah, what the kids talking about generational stuff, Brian. That is exactly what we did when we were <laughs> we would <laughs> black market harmonica swapping. You know, well, and 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 now there's plenty of clinics that will exchange your used harmonicas for clean harmonicas <laughs> just to keep things under control. Okay, um, yeah. Jack. <laughs> I walked in on you, and you were making out with the lead singer from Blues Traveler, and he still had that thing around his neck. <laughs> that sick fuck with his harmonica vest. He's just inviting the kids to start using a harmonica vest, like, like yes. he's one of those, like he's one of those tactical like sports oh, shoes. He, no, he had one. I remember yeah, when John Popper. I know, but they're I like, saw the it on, like David Letterman. Ouches. Yeah, I was like, man, he's got camo for. He's got like tactical gear for his harmonica. That was always the funny. So maybe thing. this movie did speak to me. <laughs> Maybe it was meant to be. For well, us. I mean, we we ended up being called Gen X, but before that definition, we were known as Generation Harmonica. <laughs> and before that, it was Generation. Get out of here! Yeah, <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> so, okay, Jack Frost was released December eleventh, nineteen ninety eight. It has a running time of one hundred and one minutes. It cost eighty five million dollars. Oh, all that was spent on that snowman. And it made... Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, animation. Keaton made was... like a hundred bucks for this movie, I'm sure. Well, I mean, I think I think Michael Keaton also got probably got $10 million. So Yeah. 
he probably because he had to be enticed, right? Well, we're going to find out that it yeah. wasn't the first. Oh yeah, no, he was not half of Clooney's pay. I bet they were like, we're fucking scared. Well, they were like, no matter what, we're going to get a Batman. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, it'll be I, this. I did not even make that connection. Um, so I have a informational question. If you know the answer, when something like Wikipedia says that it has a budget of forty to eighty-five million, right? What's what's the gap? Uh, so that's production no. budget versus uh-huh. versus um, production advertising p- plus plus promotional budget. Yeah. Okay. So so I mean they, they like to they spent almost as much in promotion. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly. not uncommon. Exactly. I, Especially I remember if this they're really movie. trying to steal the Asian market. I, I remember this movie because of the marketing. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. That, that same. That's and they like to like not include the promotional budget or include the promotional budget depending on how how it benefits them for their bookkeeping yeah. purposes. So Hollywood uh finance. Yeah. Or Hollywood accounting, that's the word. Yeah. So um it made thirty four point six million dollars. So it was I imagine it probably did fine on video, though. Lots of dumb kids and Christmas. Well, and it's Batman, so of course it made money on video. Yeah, because that's when you would the, watch the a box movie office for the, for the person. The box office didn't make up for the promotional budget. Not even yeah. close. Just shy. Yeah. Um. So, uh, at, but I think that means we should go ahead and play the box office top ten game. This is the game where I will describe the top 10 movies of the week of December 11th, 1998, a date that will live in infamy. And uh, the guys are going to try to guess what movie I'm describing. Based <laughs> this on... was our Vietnam. No, our World War II. <laughs> this was our Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, we're going to talk about it, but I feel like this movie took itself so seriously that it was even hard to Oh, it really at. did. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to explain later what I mean, but obviously there's plenty to make fun of. But like, I was like, this is just too, it's too serious. <laughs> it really is for a movie about a talking snowman. It is. It really very is. Serious. Really. For about a, a movie with a talking snowman and a like a a a, a seventh grade blonde spiky haired snowboarding school bully. Right. But then, like, on one hand, it's an emotional family drama. It's like ordinary people or something. And then over here, it's snow day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, all right. The top 10, box office top 10, the top 10 movies of the week, December 11th, 1998, at number 10 this week. The early years of the reign of a queen of England and her difficult task of learning what is necessary to be a monarch. Uh, starring a ninety-eight. Yeah, starring a very probably the breakout role for Kate Blanchett. No, just Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth. Yep. Yeah, if they remade it, it'd just be called Liz. <laughs> a touch of class. <laughs> Gonorrhea is for everyone. Uh, at um. Number nine this week. A, well, should we wait? All right, go ahead. Yeah. Um, a uh, 
a resident of the country, fresh from his victory in a contest, returns to the farm, but after the lead farmer is injured and unable to work, he has to go to the big city to save the farm. Oh, babe two? A pig in the city? <laughs> babe two. Pig in the city, yeah. Um, direct- Don't hate on the Babe movies. No, no, directed by the man who brought us Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, Babe, Pig in the City is, I saw that in the theater. It's weirdly good. Yeah, <laughs> they, I, they're both weirdly good. And James brought us James Cromwell to the front. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was in a lot of failed sitcoms, I've learned. <laughs> Maurice Luke, not... I guess for a while he was a go-to. Never mind. Well, yeah, yeah. He's kind of a stately middle-aged British man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was like a version of Faulty Towers they tried to make happen in the late 80s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Do you want someone who's lanky but isn't John Cleese? <laughs> yes, please. Um, at number eight this week, Death, who takes the form of a young man killed in an accident, asks a media mogul to act as his guide to teach him about life on Earth, and in the process, he falls in love with the mogul's daughter. Meet Joe Black. Meet Joe Black. Bam! The movie I saw in the theater because the Phantom Menace trailer played before it. (laughs) Meet Joe Black. Yeah. Um... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Just laughing at... (laughs) The existence of the film. At number seven this week, a young female embezzler arrives at a motel which has terrible secrets of its own. Is this a Psycho remake? This is the Gus Van Sant Psycho, yes. The movie he got to make because, uh, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the Matt Damon. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting (laughs) was a big Oscar hit. Yeah, um, that is a crazy movie to spend your blank cash or blank check cachet on as a filmmaker. It really is. I mean, he succeeded in what he was trying to do, but I'm not sure it was good. I mean, uh, he recreated those scenes. He did. It's just, it's so ambitious. It just feels like if this was successful, he was going to remake Citizen Kane next. Like. If he, it was so ambitious, but then it felt lazy. Like I, I thought yeah. Vince Vaughn and Anne Hesch were terrible casting choices. Yes, like, I agree. I, I, I think that that movie would be much better remembered as a very interesting experiment if he had yes. cast better. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, number six this week. Uh, um, okay. A, I don't. Mm, I'm trying not to say the name of the film. <laughs> what went in this description? The the guy that brings water to the te- to a college football team. The discovered- water boy. Yes. Who <laughs> brings water to the Santan Valley? The, to the, the guy who doesn't drink Imperial. Yeah. Uh, Adam Sandler when he still made movies that people wanted to see in the theater, and not just on Netflix. And when we didn't outwardly hate Rob Schneider, we just sort of hated him on a low key. Rob yeah, Schneider. we just thought his existence was funny. Yeah. Now he well, needs to shit. shut the fuck we up. We like pity him. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's, now I feel nothing for him. He's a speaker Such at cold. CPAC this year. Fuck that dude. Hey, you know what, yeah. though, man? Those guys, they really, they've got their own cast of celebrities that they can pull from at any time for CPAC, like Rob Schneider and Dean Kane. Uh, Dean Kane. And- oh, are those celebrities? My bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. Rob Schneider, Dean Cain, and the and Hercules are like your big Kevin yeah. Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. Um, at number five this week, some babies get lost in the force after one of them gets a new baby brother. <laughs> this uh, is this is baby geniuses. Um, I think even Brian was too old for this one when it came out. Um, air. This is this is a an animated film based on a Nicktoon. Oh, is this Rugrats? The Rugrats wild movie, something? yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Wild Thorn yeah. Rugrats. Thorn Bear. <laughs> yeah, like that. I, I remember this coming out. I, I had outgrown Rugrats by this point, though. Yeah, yeah, Rugrats came out before time, but again. There was always a kid adjacent in one of our lives that <laughs> exposed us to. This was what year? 98? 98, yeah. Yeah, I was already doing weed. I already smoking weed and drinking. So yeah. Hell yeah. I was Hell not yeah. interested in Rugrats. I was trying to go pro. I turned 21 at 98. <laughs> I, I had just been introduced to the game. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was Bo- fully drunk Bo- at that point. Yeah, a yeah, bottle of Soko on a street corner at 11 is the coolest thing anybody's ever done to you. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, we lived in a shutdown hotel that was above a convenience store before <laughs> I turned 21. That's right. <laughs> and so, yeah. Wow, that was crazy. that's awesome. There were four rooms, and I was the only non-Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Josh in every room, of there, course. It was Josh, 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 and me. Wow. <laughs> Making it work in the big city. Uh, Living single. The one that, time when everybody forgets your name, Thoreau. Yeah. Like, wait, that's, it's not Josh? That's when uh, Thoreau wrote his screenplay, My Three Joshes. <laughs> yep. It was a coming-of-age drama. <laughs> About being named Josh. <laughs> in a small southern Arizona town. Just a small town Josh. Living in and a world. nobody cares. <laughs> Just as yeah, uh, there were a bunch of uh, white people who were very unoriginal in the late seventies. Yeah, <laughs> we could form a, a little army. Uh, Josh and I know. At number four this week, a lawyer becomes targeted by a corrupt politician and his NSA goons when he accidentally receives key evidence to a politically motivated crime. This is, is this Will Smith and Gene Hackman. Yeah. Enemy of the State. Of the state. It's, I love this movie. It's not paranoia it's if they're really after you. <laughs> it's, not, it, it's not a very good movie rewatching it, but God damn, is it fun to watch. I don't think yeah, I, really, I enjoyed it when it came out. Yeah, it's a, thr- it. it's a thriller that does the like edge of the seat thing the whole time, but it's just, I watched it like maybe 10 years ago and laughed at so many of the technological things that were happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they I... Like, they like 3D view a, a crime scene from like a camera in like a lingerie shop. <laughs> yeah, like, all of this. <laughs> no, just they, the, that scene is like the moment where the whole movie stops making sense. Where it's like the TSA, the, not the TSA, the NSA doesn't have 
that technology. They don't give a shit about looking at this in three dimensions. <laughs> no, not that. Yeah. But still that predictive future. So yeah. like, it's funny now we can go back and be like, that's not how the mass surveillance happened. It yeah. went like this. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the best part about it is is knowing now how, how all of the surveillance works and being like, oh, no, 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 no. They'll just right. you'll just carry it in your pocket and they'll we'll, you, you'll learn you all about it, it wrong from the from the, the thing in your pocket. And and you can know about how bad the surveillance is on the device in your pocket. And you're just going to put it back in your pocket. Right. And then you're the going to pull it out shocking. 10 seconds later and check it again. Right. <laughs> All know? of this will be voluntary. Yeah. <laughs> and participatory and and enthusiastically participatory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and and because of the convenience. <laughs> well, right. it, it'll be so convenient, it'll become a problem in schools. <laughs> like, because of the implication. Because of the implication. The implication. I, I finally watched the Dennis episode yesterday. <laughs> oh, yes. The implication. <laughs> See, it, it was a lot funnier when it was fresh. Yeah. I'll just it, say that. Yeah. It was wild watching it, knowing all of the memes. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> you didn't think of the smell, you bitch. <laughs> Rum ham. Uh, at number three this week, a father who can't keep his promises is killed in a car accident. <laughs> wow that's what they should have had the trailer guy read before the, the trailer <laughs> yeah <laughs> James Caan yeah uh, anyway uh, yeah Jack Frost opens at number three um, at number two this week a misfit looking for warriors to save his kind from a greedy race recruits a group of other misfits that turn out to be an inept circus troupe. Uh, the misfits. No. Big Top Peewee? No. No, no. This is, uh, this is an animated film. Oh. It's the second film from what would go on to become a very esteemed studio that in recent years has kind of lost their touch. Remarks? No, no. No, more esteemed than DreamWorks. Oh. Pixar? Pixar's A Bug's Life. Oh. Oh, forgot I forgot that A Bug's Life was about a carnival. Yeah, the circus troupe of bugs. Weird. I yeah. just always remember it as ants with Woody Allen. No. <laughs> just bugs talking. Yeah, yeah that's just, what I remember. I just remember Woody Allen and Sylvester Stallone and being like, looking at my mom going, are you sure? That was just the movie we wanted to see. <laughs> like, are you sure we this saw guy the complains right... a lot? Are you sure we saw the the correct bug movie? <laughs> uh, that had to be Jack so Ross confusing for parents. <laughs> I was gonna say, being a parent has to be hard when that happens. They're like, "Fuck, I gotta make sure I'm taking them to the right movie, to the right animated ant movie." Yeah. <laughs> Why are there two? God damn it! Uh, and opening at number one this week, when the crew of a ship learns that their government has a conspiracy against the habit inhabitants of a unique biome, their captain begins an open rebellion. Oh, this is Star Trek Insurrection? Insurrection, yes, indeed. Come on, Al. <laughs> uh, mm. 
<laughs> Sorry. I, I was looking in the other direction. <laughs> I personally think this is a pretty underrated Star Trek movie. Yeah, yeah. It's all right, yeah. I mean, it was a long episode of Next Gen, let's be clear. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it it's not like TV. Nemesis, where it's like, who the fuck? What? Yeah, How Nemesis. How did this get made? Fuck Nemesis. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just don't feel like they ever got done properly. No. The yeah. Next, next Gen movie. Next Gen got fucked in the movie realm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seemed like they were like a weird last second requirement by the studio every time. It was like, oh, shit, actually, in between seasons, can we make a movie really quick? And everyone's like, oh. I think Rick Berman was still, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he that, was all about product. The closest yeah. they got was, uh, whatchamacallit, where they went back in time with the Borg. Oh, yeah. First Contact? Yeah. First Contact. Yeah, that yes. one's fun. That's Speaking of James Cromwell. Right. Yeah. yeah, James Cromwell. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, James Cromwell. That's the that closest. Cochran. Yeah, that's the closest we got to a, a real next-gen movie. Yeah. yeah. I, you can just tell with all of those movies, every single member of the cast is like, I am fucking obligated to be here, and I don't want to be here. I just want to make TV. This sucks. Everything about this sucks. Well, that's why uh, Insurrection is tough for me because, you know, a lot of that had to be rewritten so that Brett Spiner was more in it. Yeah. And I felt like that just sort of left a pall over everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't a lot of strong performances because just make it about data. I just, anytime I rewatch those, I feel like Marina Circus, Certus and uh, Jonathan Frakes, it's like the one time they're not like excited to be on camera. Because every time they are like both like, I love being part of Star Trek. And in those movies, they're both just like, hello, Captain. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you in the next scene. (laughs) <laughs> you can judge the the vibe based on how Riker sits in his chair. <laughs> how much? Well, yeah. It's, how much he gets paid is how excited he is to be sitting down in a seat. Usually, he flips over. You know, like flips a leg over and sits backwards, <laughs> yeah. like a teacher who's trying to reach out. To his he kids. just leans <laughs> against stuff in the movies. He's just like, I feel like I'm not nemesis. even in this scene for more than 15 seconds, so I'm just gonna leave first. Oh my god! No, no. I started trying to make Jude watch Next Gen. We we probably got through seven or eight episodes, but um. Um, he is absolutely uh, just completely taken with Riker's leaning slash sitting game. Oh, dude, it's the most exciting thing. How's he going to sit next? But the leaning. People don't talk about the leaning as much as the sitting. Yep. He just leans on shit. Yeah, yep. he is cool. The sitting, so many power moves with the way he sits in the chair. And I love that. Uh, 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 what's his face? Um, the, the, the crusher. Um, Will Will Wheaton. Oh yeah, Will Wheaton <laughs> said that he was so impressed with how Jonathan Frakes would sit that he started trying to copy it. I mean, I so did Jonathan every kid like, in no. school too. They're like, oh, I'm going to sit like that when I get to class tomorrow. <laughs> I can finally be cool and impress all well, the girls. It was, it was already a cool way to sit. Yeah. Just to bring that vibe on a spaceship. Nerds, like, didn't, badass. nerds didn't know it yet, though they hadn't seen it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Jocks and such yeah, yeah. sat that way. But I mean, it's cooler when you sit that way when you're wearing a onesie. Oh, and <laughs> and you play trombone. <laughs> There's nothing cooler than playing a trombone Wait, in a onesie. This is, yes, there is a snowman that plays harmonica. Does his <laughs> does uh, does number two's evil clone also play trombone? Oh, Thomas Stryker. Thomas Stryker. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine yeah, so. Evil trombone. trombone. Yeah, I guess they are 
they're just split at a moment in time. So yeah, trombone yeah. skills. And by the way, trombonists do it in all positions. Oh. <laughs> band, <laughs> band nerd jokes. Yes. Uh, go sit in a chair, normal Al. Think about what you've done. <laughs> you've been. <laughs> if I see you cool sit, you'll have to do it again. You'll have to do it all. You'll have to sit down all over again. <laughs> all right. So this that that brings us to the production of the film itself. Um, Jack Frost is what we're talking about here, not Star Trek. Um, Jack, we tried. We yeah. tried, Josh. <laughs> Jack Frost was written by. Mark Steven Johnson, Steve Bloom, Jonathan Roberts, and Jeff Cesario. <laughs> Is it Jeff Cesario, like game show host? I'm looking it up. Sorry, go ahead. Um, well, I love the committee. Oh yeah, so many people to bring this. Yeah, it is that Jeff yeah, Cesario. It is that Jeff Cesario. <laughs> this is this is every paramedic that tried to bring his thing back to life before they put it in a movie theater. Kenosha's own Jeff Cesario. <laughs> <laughs> Kenosha. Billy uh, Osha from Kenosha. Yeah, Kenosha. Uh I've been through Kenosha a number of times. It's not a great town to stop in for any reason. Um Fair. Uh, so, um, Mark Steven Johnson, as far as I can tell, Mark Steven Johnson is the one who wrote the script originally. The other four, three writers all did passes on it per yeah, studio punchy. notes. Um, Mark Steven Johnson uh, is basically uh, a, a big budget Hollywood comedy writer in the 90s. He wrote Grumpy Old Men, Grumpier Old Men, Big Bully. Jack Frost, and then he wrote and directed Daredevil and Ghost Rider. So we've talked about him before. Whoa. Yeah. Um, That actually makes sense now that I'm thinking about this movie. mm -hmm. It kind of tonally fits in with those movies. It, as, I mean, kind of. As, as to like what is what is like a cool man, you know, like the perception uh-huh. of what a cool, positive oh, okay. male figure is. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind I of that same like, yeah, he's cool and he's a rebel, but he's not bad or mean. It's like what? Like he ignored his family, but he's a good man kind of vibe. Like yeah, he's, he's a daredevil, but he's still your father. Rider. Yeah, like, yeah. There were daddy issues in Ghost Rider, and not really in well in Daredevil. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, making your anti-hero's anti-hero uh, aspect be his parenting is a bold move. That's very nineties. Yes, yes, it you is. You know, like yeah, he's great. His friends love him. His son kind of misses out on his father a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that 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 kind of like. That 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 like cool dad thing. Yeah, like, like, he's not abusive. He's not Woody Allen. I mean, come on. He's cool. He's cool dad. He drives <laughs> a sports the car. Known as Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Oh, nineties cool dad. Yeah, it was funny. I I did also. I know Josh. You mentioned Andrea did, but I also listened to the um, How did this get made? I've heard this. it as well. Yeah, <laughs> so like this is the 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 return of Bruno Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, and I love that June uh, Diane Raphael. Yes. I, I love that she knew nothing about the movie, and so up until the live action Snowman, she was like, "This is a touching like family drama about 
grief and you know yeah she, it's lighthearted. and then this happened and yeah yeah she had no idea there was a talking snowman in it that's that's incredible <laughs> anyway um so our other writers uh we steve bloom um, he was another writer for hire. His biggest thing, his biggest uh, credits probably include The Sure Thing and James and the Giant Peach. Um, okay. jo- yeah, Jonathan Roberts uh, also is a Steve Bloom's writing partner. So also uh, including those, he was also a uh, um, co-producer and writer for Head of the Class and Beverly Hills 90210. Just Mm, writers for hire and as we mentioned Jeff Cesario um, who was also a producer and writer on Larry Sanders show Dennis Miller Live um, and uh, has done a fair amount of voice work too Um, Family Guy uh, some video games Futurama he did some voice work on um, he voiced Marv Albert's head on Futurama. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, this movie originally was going to be a Sam Raimi film. Sam Raimi actually did a pass on the script, and he was going to direct George Clooney as Jack Frost. Uh, he dropped out, and when he did, Clooney left. Unfortunately, Jim Henson, who did the snowman puppet, the Jim Henson Company, had already designed the puppet to look like George Clooney. <laughs> and they couldn't, they didn't have the time or budget <laughs> to redesign it. So they yeah. just kept the Clooney puppet. Imagine that phone call. How frustrating. Apparently, they were pissed. I bet it's no small feat to make because there are obviously scenes where it's felt in puppetry. Yeah. Not enough, if you ask me. Way too much animation. But sure. if this was, if it was leaned into the Muppetness of it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think this movie would have benefited from more live action puppeteering. Mm-hmm. I think so. Not to nitpick, but uh, Wikipedia is telling me that Clooney left first. And then Raimi. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Clooney dropped out. And when he did, Sam Raimi left. Uh, I could see this being a, I could see this being a Raimi movie that makes sense. That works. Yeah. It would have, you know, I somehow can too. I know what you mean. Yeah. It wouldn't have been his strongest movie, but it would have been a weird Raimi holiday movie. I could see this yeah. concept like, being a thing he would make interesting to watch. comes to life. Yeah. It probably yeah. it probably would have been a better movie, to be clear. Yeah, it probably would have been a little weirder too. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's what this movie lacks—is anything that's not a marketable product. It, yes. It's it's oh. it taking itself too seriously. It's a really weird movie, but not in the right ways. It's, exactly. It's it's very very down the middle, corporate comedy family Christmas. But also bizarre as fuck. It it feels like it it expected to be within the Christmas pantheon within the first week of being in theaters. Yeah, also. like that's how they they expected people to view it. Like, oh, oh another holiday be. movie that's we're gonna watch every Christmas with our families. Like, nope, no, nope. absolutely not. Harmonica Dad 
is yeah. not. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe harmonica playing fathers around the country will continue watching this movie, but uh, the rest of us <laughs> harmonica playing fathers. <laughs> Bad name, I called it. Harmonica. <laughs> There's the cherry popping daddies and the harmonica playing fathers. <laughs> that was a, me myself, like cherry popping daddies apologizes for well everything. Yes, they really should. It's like, how do you sell that name now? Uh, um. So yeah, uh, John Travolta was considered for the lead role at one point. Billy this Bob- is his wife, right? His, it yes. wasn't Kelly Preston. That is his late. wife. That is oh, Ke- my oh, God. She passed away. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Young. So yeah. young. Yeah. Um, Billy Bob Thornton was going to play Mac originally. Okay. Yeah, that would have been fine. <laughs> that would have been fine, and he's a musician. Yeah. The it's- full Monty guy couldn't be, you know, you couldn't watch him play piano because he can't. Jude kept asking, why is there a random British guy living in Colorado? <laughs> no, and that's fair, but he was in a traveling band. Now, a year later, what's he doing in Colorado? <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I settled down here to work at the hardware store. <laughs> like, What? <laughs> He's been sleeping with his friend's wife this whole time. Let's right be real. Street, yeah, that is that is the unsaid uh, yeah, between the lines like here. Um, I, yeah, I think it just ec- keeps waking up. I, I think it's uh, echoes of imperialism. <laughs> yeah, we fought a war for this. Yeah, I just feel like every yeah. time the kid comes out, his, the the dad's friend is in the living room. He's like, "Hey, what are you still doing here?" He's like, "Oh, just got here. I." Uh, uh, yeah, I just figured I'd come by and say hi when you woke up. Your well, mom's uh, shopping for gifts at 11 p.m. Yeah. Not on Christmas Eve. <laughs> on a Tuesday. You know your dad loved you, You're right? right? You know this is what your dad would want. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to Before. sleep, make sure make sure you don't leave the room if you hear any strange sounds. Here's uh, here's $5 for some funny books and baseball cards. <laughs> Uh, um, this it was directed by <laughs> Jack Frost was directed by Troy Miller. Yeah, uh, Troy Miller is better than this. He is better than this. I mean, he's funnier than this. He is funnier than this. Look, looking at his feature film directing, I'm not sure he's a better director than this necessarily. No, that's that's a good point. He's directed a lot of television and is good at that. Including Mr. Show is when I first started noticing him. There's even clips of Mr. Show playing on the TV. Yeah. In this. Yes, absolutely. Yes. He did Mr. Show. He directed a lot of Arrested Development. I miss those clips. That's interesting. When he's clipping around, the, but it's the uh, burger um, commercial, the ding dong sing song, bing bong. Oh my burger. God. Yes. So big. Fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, he directed a lot of Arrested Development. Also, um, he did a lot of stand up. Uh, he produced a lot of stand up comedy specials. Yeah, a uh, lot. Um, like obviously David Cross, George Carlin, Robin Williams, um, Reese Darby, like new and older comedians. Yeah. Yeah. Gaffigan, like a lot of people. Um, he, he's, he mostly makes his money, it looks like, directing episodes of TV. He's kind of an episode for hires. Yeah. He's directed a lot of things that aren't comedies and um, as well. Um, <laughs> like the new girl. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to pick <laughs> on the new girl. 
That's great. Sing. Uh, but um, but mostly comedy stuff. Um, uh, he directed some episodes of Tenacious D. Um, Thirty Rock, I think, or one of the shows I watched. He did some Thirty Rock, The Office. He did some of um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Goldbergs. Uh, Basically, the last twenty years, most any sitcom you can think of, he's done an episode or two. But it is a good distinction. Big screen, he yeah, he did that Dumb and Dumber prequel, yes, which was terrible. He did direct Run Ronnie Run, which was like a Mister Show movie, basically. Mister, yeah, those were characters from the show. Um, Um. which I love. It's great, but it was not a success. No, it was not a success. It's a an incredibly funny movie, um, but it it was not successful. Uh, uh, um, I got a copy of that movie because David Cross hosted um, one of our comedy festivals. Mm. Um, there are actually stories he hung out way too long. <laughs> he came with just like boxes of Run Ronnie Run on DVD. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Run Runny Run is great. Um, uh, Tom Kenny <laughs> is in it. Paul F. Tompkins. Yep. Um, isn't... Uh, it was written by partially by Scott Ackerman. Yeah. Um, and Bob Odenkirk, of course, is yeah. in it. Um, but then there's, like I said, we were talking recently, there's a pool party scene when Ronnie finally like makes it in Hollywood and it's just built with celebrities from... Everywhere from Scott Thompson to Matt Stone. <laughs> Just a veritable who's who. Of Tinseltown. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood Babylon, baby. <laughs> um, the music was by uh, Trevor Rabin. Rabin? I'm not sure how to say his last name. but he, Which music? The From the film Jack Frost. No, the score or like the Jack Frost band. Uh, the Jack Frost Band. Um, okay. Although I don't see a score by, he may have done the score as well. Um, well, as Brian was saying, there's lots of like whimsical sounds and chimes and things in the, the music mix, the sound mix. But then, yeah, I was curious about the band. There's at least one song, Don't Lose Faith in Me or whatever. Yeah. That they try to pass off as an original song, I believe. Well, yeah. And Trevor Rabin, it was the lead guitarist for Yes. Oh yeah, and he's played the he was, yeah, maybe he was the he played the lead guitarist in the Jack Frost band as well. All right, okay, yeah. Um, so, but he uh, he he no, he was a composer. He also composed the score as well as the Jack Frost band music that wasn't Hanson or Lisa Loeb. I mean, it's arguable that Yes was a pretty symphonic band. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I said, this this also features, as as the trailer told, this features music of Hanson, Lisa Loeb, the Spice Girls, and yes, Jars Lisa. of Clay. All the best that the late 90s had to offer. Yeah, we're all correct. The, the studio freaked the fuck out. And they were like, pile as much shit on this as we can. We need to make a book somewhere. Because I don't remember the music of Hanson. I'm sure it was during the kids like fight scenes and stuff. But they did. They did the uh, Lisa Loeb. I heard at the end. For yeah, sure. yeah. Lisa Loeb was pretty clear at the end. Hanson did the uh, the the that cover of Good Lovin'. Oh yes. Oh, um, and the cover that. of Gimme Some Lovin'. And the cover of Merry Christmas, Baby. Oh my God! I didn't even see that. Yeah. 
But I definitely wow. heard good love. Yeah, the I'm so glad you made it. Well, I'm it's like I'm glad real real laid it up thing. I'm glad that finally we got the uh, big screen um, version of making a snowman to landslide. <laughs> <laughs> finally <laughs> finally what that song has been crying out for <laughs> yeah it's the day yep uh, they should have changed the words to be snowball though something avalanche landslide <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that happens in california they're like what's the saddest song we can think of that is in some way loosely related to snow or mountains <laughs> And growing up, yeah. Uh, uh, so this film does. Wait, don't don't you think a song about fatherhood would have been a better choice? Yeah, and the cats in the cradle <laughs> and the cells. <laughs> Father and son by Cat Stevens. <laughs> he said, it's "Not time said, to make a snowman." Blues. Why is it always relax? Cat Stevens? Anytime a father-son relationship comes up, <laughs> ask him. <laughs> well, I guess that's because it's Hey Jude was written by his uncle instead of his father. That's why. That's right. Cats. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't. Wait, was wasn't um wasn't Cats in the Cradle? Wasn't that Harry Chapin? That was Harry Chapin. Yeah. Oh, it just has the word cat in it, <laughs> yeah. and then Cat Stevens wrote that song. And Cat Stevens in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. <laughs> You're just a tiny Yuslop Islam in a cradle. <laughs> Uh, but uh no uh <laughs> snow dad is just like me <laughs> um okay uh, wait he needs to definitely use the line snow dad is better than no dad in that song though i think we should all write a song with that line in it and come back next week <laughs> <laughs> compare and contrast <laughs> No dad, look at my everybody's just gonna write snow dad, look at my life. Snow yeah. dad, than, take a look at no my dad. life. <laughs> no. Slow dad, take it easy. It's <laughs> such a rich, rich song. Okay, none of these songs we've written, so the contest would be <laughs> uh, Alright, this movie, like we said, does star Michael Keaton. Um I'm not gonna go into Michael Keaton's Filmography, we've talked about him a lot on a this lot. show. Just he was in Multiplicity, obviously, as we as talked well. about on our episode about Multiplicity. About, about I, I would just like to point out that this movie comes directly after Out of Sight <laughs> in his filmography. Out of sight. <laughs> Which is a, our troubles will be out of sight. <laughs> uh, and uh, right before Body Shots. Oh, no, that was an executive producer. I'm sorry. Right before A Shot at <laughs> Glory. Which? Body shot. Yeah, what's body shots? Is that about a bar? <laughs> Is it or just like boxing? Oh, yeah, both. Um, it's an American or hand modeling. <laughs> a group of twenty-somethings are planning on going to a club for a night of fun. The following morning, Sarah accuses fellow clubber Mike of date rape. Oh, no. The oh, it's a Rashomon. The next, they told, they all do different, like the gotcha. different points of view of everybody. That's an interesting concept for a Rashomon, I, I would say. Yeah. I love that doing a Rashomon, it's like doing a diehard. It's yeah. a verb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They I want to shout out it. one of the most unsung heroes in Rashomon, the original, the court stenographer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, on rice paper, just quickly in gorgeous calligraphy. <laughs> uh, as we mentioned, Kelly Preston um, was. Uh, what do I know Kelly Preston from besides uh, being, being married? John to, uh, Travolta's wife. Travolta, yeah. Twins, Jerry Maguire for Love of the Game. Jerry Maguire. She was she was the mom in Sky High, so we talked about her there. Space Camp. Um, she seemed to do one of those situations where she stopped to raise her kids. She was a you little know, bit like she a, didn't work a whole lot. What's her face? Steven, uh, Spielberg's wife. Oh, Kate Capshaw. Kate yeah. Capshaw. Yeah, it was. She had kind of like a similar deal to her, where like she kind of had a career, then got married, raised the kids, and then came back a right. little later. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, like we said, she passed away in July twelfth, twenty twenty. Um. I mean, she was a Scientologist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone dies, not just Scientologists. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it like that. She died of. Breast- well, she was a Scientologist. She died of breast cancer. Yeah, pardon me, which is not funny. No. But yeah, <laughs> the no way I added that tidbit was. Yeah, she fucking died. Um, Joseph Cross played Charlie Frost. Um, or, okay, uh, not a fan. Of Joseph Cross? In, yes. <laughs> from his work outside of Charlie Frost? Or is Charlie <laughs> yeah, Frost? Yeah, he, <laughs> he did a terrible waiting for you, Joe. No, I don't <laughs> like him in this. Uh, oh, the kid? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's kind of deer in headlights a lot, he's, which is a bad sign. I, this, uh, he's too smart for his own good. This kid would bother me. He's not culking cute, but he's trying to be all... <laughs> Um, honestly, I I I, I kind of his work post this. I I realized who he was, and he's actually done some cool stuff. He was in Strangers with Candy. Um, he was in Milk, uh, Mank, Licorice Pizza. He was in Milk. Milk. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he all, was just in some milk. Those are all really interesting, actually. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, uh, I bet as an adult he's just an okay yeah. character actor. Yeah. No, he's been fine. Yeah, he's uh, Big Little Lies. He was a um, he was a character. Yeah, I, I should say. Let me correct myself. He he's fine as a performer in this. There's nothing wrong with his performance per se. There's just something you, off putting. You just don't it. like the kid. But, yeah, personally. I've worked with uh, you know I've worked with kids for twenty some years. I could you know there. Are, <laughs> Kids are like any other human beings. They're assholes. <laughs> I kind of like, like this particular kid, though. It's yeah. not about like or not. It's just uh, I got a real strong sense of where you're going. So that that ori- <laughs> not about like, uh, you know, I give every kid a fair shake. Originally, the kid that played his best friend, the one that's like he ditched just for a snowman, was supposed to play <laughs> Joseph Cross. Was supposed to play the lead kid. But when they cast Kelly Preston and Michael Keaton, they decided they couldn't have a brown-haired kid be the kid because this both Michael Keaton and Kelly Preston have blonde hair. I would point out Michael Keaton does not have naturally blonde hair. <laughs> no, that is dead. It's the 90s. You think that your kid's going to come out with blonde hair if you bleached it. Right. Live frosted tips. Yeah. yeah. It's going to come out looking for flavor country. <laughs> with some Oakleys. <laughs> a flamed Hawaiian shirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then Artie Dice. <laughs> or not, and Artie, there was that guy who did these, like, Vegas. Anyways, I'm sorry. Mark, Tangent. Mark Addy plays uh, Mac MacArthur, the 
keyboard best friend having sex with Kelly Preston on the side. <laughs> the full Monty. Yeah. 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 Best known probably from the full Monty. Um, he played That's Fred that. in the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. That's right. Yeah. He was uh, a Knight's Tale is probably what I personally That's, remember. Yeah. Most. No, from. you know, it's That's Viva right, Rock Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, uh, uh, Where you got Al? Um, he was Robert Baratheon. That's right. In Game of Thrones. Oh, Robert, that's breastplate right. stretcher. In that world, for yeah. sure. Yeah. He's a decent actor. Maybe he should have gotten more work. I don't know. I mean, he's still working. He's in. He's right, in, but I mean, I can't think back. I'm like, that was awesome. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I never minded him when I saw him. Yeah, no, no. He's he's currently in a full Monty Disney Plus series. That's on Disney Plus. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. And what's the series like? How... Every oh, week we mind. see penises. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to do the same scheme. It's like, but then they get hooked. It's like Breaking Bad, where it becomes more about the male dancing. And we get and less about the necessity. We get six middle-aged British guys naked falling on a pile of cash in a in a storage Every unit. Week. Yeah. Um, uh, and then murder. Um. Yeah. So uh, Giancarlo Esposito and the full Monty. <laughs> Breaking Monty. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. Henry Rollins plays Sid Gronick. What is up with the names in this movie? Sid Gronick, Mac MacArthur. I mean, Sid Gronick is the most punk rock name you could give Henry Rollins' character in this movie. Well, and he, but he plays the, the well, hockey coach. There are so some weird cameos, a few music, as we pointed out in the chat, and then uh, several comedians. I think maybe Troy Miller might have gotten some people to pop. I imagine so. Okay, because we get all three Zappa kids in this movie. Moon Unit, Diesel, and Ahmet. All of Tompkins is in it. Uh, Wayne, Fetterman. And then, like I said, there's a Mr. Show clip that's being played. Right. Um, Shit, there was somebody else. Jeff Cesario is the radio announcer in this. Jay Johnston is the TV weatherman. He was a Mr. Show guy. Uh Um yeah, like you said. Yeah, the guy in the car. Oh, fuck. What was his name? John Ennis the, the, was yes. the truck driver. Yeah. Yeah, he was on Mr. Show. I, He's popped I feel in like there. if this had been made today with this kind of environment where people are coming and going, this movie would have been so much better. Where, like, because nowadays, if you're making a movie like the Adam Sandler, like, all oh, my friends are coming to make a movie, they're like, all right, let's just let them do it. We'll give them a couple of ad placements or whatever that they've got to do. But back then, it was like, sure, you can bring your friends, but you have to do all of these things that we're asking. It's just interesting yeah. to see that that kind of like, all of my friends want to be in my movie. like, And the studio goes, hell yeah. Back then, it was different than today, where it's like, Oh, hell yeah, yeah, back then it was different. Yeah. yeah. Like, then it was like, yeah, sure. Just make sure you make it through all of these shaped hoops. Mm-hmm. Well, and they had to... Yeah, they had to read an audition and, you know, the tape had to be sent. To, it's not like, yeah, James, Judd Apatow getting all of those kids. Yeah, well, and you can't, mark, 
you can't market a movie like that then. Today, you right. could be like, oh, check it out. This movie with the band Hanson and the guys from fucking Yes mm. doing the soundtrack. Back then, it was just like, yeah, that they'll care if they rent the movie at Blockbuster. Nobody gives a shit. They're not going to go to a movie because of this. It's just weird how culture has changed with that like parasocial aspect of like, I want to watch friends be friends with each other. Yeah. I started with friends. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the first time we realized that friendships had value. <laughs> right. For the very first time, Mayberry was a fucking bloodbath. <laughs> Humans put down their, their sticks and their rocks and peace was found inside communities. Thanks, friends. <laughs> with a wacky neighbor. Um, uh, Mika Horine? Borim, Mika Borim played the, the little girl that was like so thirsty for oh, Charlie. His love interest. <laughs> Charlie's a catch. I mean, I don't it was like weird. People. That was a weird aspect of the movie to have them be like, this little girl loves Charlie. But the, it also didn't go anywhere. It felt like there should have been some sort of closure where she like kisses him on the cheek or something after the game. Something cute. Yeah. yeah. Or or he because he kind of betrayed her, right? He like didn't rescue her. Kind of <laughs> in the middle there, yeah. yeah. Her. As a third point, die at the snow people van. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he needed to go full Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sleep inside of a larger bully. <laughs> I was thinking about Luke. That's how you assert your dominance is by crawling inside them. <laughs> it's like we're not going to make it through the night. Get inside, oh Tommy. I thought you smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> Like no, I expected the inside to smell bad as well. Yeah, that's that's you want you want to assert your dominance over a bully. Cut your cut them open and crawl inside. <laughs> Sleep inside. Yeah. Uh, um, she, Bro, tip, kids. I hope that never gets clipped out of context and used against me as a school teacher. That's a court hearing. It's true. Uh, she she had a pretty prolific uh, career as like uh, the little girl in a lot of movies. She was in The Patriot. Along came a spider. Right in oh, is she the boys. daughter in the Patriot? Yeah, that is like, because she's like toted around the whole movie. Him and uh, what's his name carry her around. Holy shit! Yep, it's that same kid. Yeah, that's her. Um, she didn't do so well transitioning to adult roles. Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights was her big breakout. Like I'm a woman now. Yikes! Yeah. Um, since then, she's been mostly. I mean, she's good. She's fine. Like, she's totally. She fine. brings yeah. all of the things you want a kid actor to do. She got the sparkle in her eye and the like. Yeah. Stare off past the camera. Don't look down the lens. Yeah. Cool. You did the job. Good. Great job. Go home and do your homework. I mean, to be fair, all the kids did a fine job. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. kids were fine. The kids were not the problem in this movie. Yeah. Well, and it's but it's interesting to see them in those scenarios that are bad. And they're all, they're all really like, they're punching above their weight. They're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Even the bully, he's trying to bring a lot. Yeah. They're not Holly, or they're not Hallmark Christmas actors. You know, they're sure. Hollywood okay. movie child, child actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Taylor Handley plays the bully. Uh, Rory Buck. Wait, have we seen have we seen Rory Buck is his name? That's the character's name. The bully is Rory Buck. That's what I'm saying. The characters yeah. in this movie are crazy. Porn star to be Rory have Buck. Have we seen have we seen him anywhere else? I uh, uh, like I mean Josh might have seen him in some adult. <laughs> Josh <laughs> 
Um, sorry, Josh. <laughs> you set yourself up for that. Oh uh, no, yeah, not at all. <laughs> now, Rory, this was Rory Buck's first on-screen performance. Wait, is not that Rory Buck? No, name Taylor Rory Handley. Buck. I'm sorry, the, the actor's name is Taylor Handley. Rory oh, Buck Rory. Is the character. Because <laughs> I was already getting. <laughs> he changed his name to Rory Buck. He's like, fuck, that's a cool name, man. I'm My sticking with it. Yeah. His best friend, John C. Riley. Like, yeah. Um, but no, he he later on he was in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning, uh, Skateland, Battle for Los Battle Los Angeles, Bird Box. Wait, was he was he an adult in the? Uh, What's it called? The Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre? Massacre? Yes, that was 2006. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so he was probably the jock or something then. In that. Yeah, exactly. But I remember that movie. In between that, he did a lot of TV. Um, he was in some episodes of like Frasier and YPD Blue. Um, he was uh, featured uh, for a good chunk of time on uh, the OC. Uh, he was featured on the OC. Well, he wasn't just six, on the OC. Six episodes. Oh, okay. So he did have a featured role. Yeah, That's featured role in the OC. Um, he's mostly been doing TV. He's currently uh, in the main cast of Mayor of Kingstown. Oh, with uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, if it comes back, since Hawkeye has had some I, snow troubles I, of his own. I, I think yeah. he said that he plans on coming back to the role. I mm -hmm. think that's he's made a recovery enough. I follow Jeremy Renner on his app. I don't know if you guys the know. The Renner that. app. <laughs> He also is in a band, right? Renner? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm pretty yeah. sure. He has an app. He's got to be in a band. He's got the look of a guy that plays harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely has a band. Taylor Hanley played Jeremy Renner's brother on Mayor of Kingstown. Mm. Oh. And he kind of looked, he looked he a lot like him. Yeah. yeah, they're kind of blockheaded looking dudes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Charlie yeah. Brown looking motherfuckers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, that's that about covers the uh, production here. Um, I don't. Yeah, uh, this movie was reviewed by Siskel and Ebert. Thank God! Wow. Oh, yeah. Yes, I've never been wow. so excited for a shit. I'm not gonna review. guess. Oh wait, wait, Gene wait. Keeps they, there might me. be a there might be a thumbs up. You're right. Right. There could be a thumbs up here. I just don't know anymore. I just don't know. I thought I knew. I grew up on these guys, literally, and I, I thought I could. I can't. They, I can't. Yeah, they contain multitudes, man. They are. They do. They, they do. Are these true. Are, these are complex fans. men yeah. among men. Yeah, we can try to understand them, but we can only understand a small slice. Right, as if watching bonobo apes. <laughs> right. All right. Here we go. Let's go, Ebert. Our next movie is Jack Frost. A child's fantasy in which an absent father comes back to life in the form of a magical snowman. Early on, we see that Dad, a struggling musician played by Michael Keaton, is too busy with his gigs to pay proper attention to his son, played by Joseph Cross. Snowman, who is a creature of the Jim Henson puppet workshop, holds our interest for a few minutes. But then Jack Frost goes flat because nothing much happens before its predictable conclusion. There's little conflict in the story other than the obvious threat of a December heat wave and the attempts at humor also fall flat. So ultimately, watching Jack Frost is like spending about 90 minutes with the Pillsbury Doughboy. And Roger, can you imagine parents' nights at school? Please, pick up that, wipe up that puddle. I mean, there should have been some humor. I'll tell you, Gene, 
I agree with all the criticisms you've made of the movie, and I'll make one more. I could not stand <laughs> the snowman. The yeah. snowman was creepy. Yes. I, I had the fingernails on the blackboard effect as I was yeah. looking at this unattractive, uncharismatic, uh, yeah. weird creation with its... I didn't like the way its oh, mouth it's moved it's and its, little sure. its anorexic little twigs for hands. <laughs> and then all I could think of was, get me out of here before yes. I have to look at this creature yeah. one more second. You know, exactly. theory, there's theory about uh, special effects creatures. Like Spielberg made a great study of what oh. E.T. should look like. You got need the eyes. Got to have the eyes and so forth. Look, two, two little lumps of coal. Just don't make it. Don't Talk do about it. The, don't no. do it. No. And there's no uh, humor the in the film, and that's what surprised me, too. It's a real <laughs> bad film. Coming up later, Hitchcock lives, sort of, in a shot-by-shot -shot remake of Psycho. Okay, so they don't have the vocabulary to talk about the uncanny valley. Josh, you mentioned it, the UCV. Like, yeah, he's he's describing quite... the thing, but the term hadn't been established right. yet. It Him was saying, a while before Polar Express. Well, and he said this: there are studies. It's fucking yeah. fascinating that he's like yeah. quoting actual like not just film criticism, but like psychology yeah. and sociology studies yeah. on we see faces, and if it is different enough, we can other it. Like, uh -huh. that's mm -hmm. so crazy. It's cool to see. That's to me. That's like a little historical snippet that we got snuck into. Absolutely, Jack Frost, you know. I love it. I love it. And yeah, like that. Spielberg did talk about that back then about the eyes and yeah. that, that. That's painters have talked about that for centuries. Spielberg didn't come with it either, but he's absolutely right. They're like we the, communicate the through our eyes mm -hmm. so much yeah humans yeah. and primates um that's why dogs developed eyebrows <laughs> literally that's to yeah. be able to respond to us they have them they didn't always need them yeah well <laughs> and i mean the, it's it's that lifelessness like, like you said apes have life we can we watch clyde and we're immediately like yeah this little baby ape is gonna, that's why we so joke yeah like we would we would party with Clyde because yeah. he can sit in a bar and look you in the eyes. And, yeah, like, <laughs> but if but if Clyde were a CGI version of an ape with mm. flat black eyes, we'd all be like, "Don't go near it! Don't move fast around it! It's yeah. terrifying!" Wide <laughs> mouth, just moving its head. And, yeah. yeah, you know, I think it's interesting that the first, what's generally considered the first truly successful CGI character, was Gollum, who had giant, expressive eyes. Yeah, yes. yeah, they're they are pools. They are massive. Mm -hmm. They reflect so much light in those movies too. And and they're so animated and move so much. Yeah. yeah. And well and that's what kicked off Andy Circus is, you know, the, oh, he did well, it with I, the apes. Yeah. And to, to to linger in this uncanny valley for a while uh longer, the the motion aspect, the mocap aspect of Golem, mm. he is physically moving like a person. Jack right. Frost is not physically moving like anything. I'm confused he's not, as to how he's not he moving like a he puppet. He's he's not he's by yeah, He doesn't. Have, he has he no stride. Like. Yeah, or pedal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he, yeah, he's like a slug that kind of just like yeah, he just moves. He, he has a, and then Rogers, right? Bottom. The arms are too thin. Yeah, they're spindly and and creepy. It's, Character design is so important when it comes to a CGI or a drawn character, a character of any think? kind. But like, because at least when you've got a person and you put them in a suit, they have the benefit of being a person in a suit. Mm -hmm. right. This is just a a thing. This is just an object that we're supposed to believe is Michael Keaton with George Clooney's uh, character, you know, features <laughs> yeah. on there. Like, 
The longer I, mean, I watched it, the more it looked like George Clooney. In the beginning, I didn't the think eyes, that. The eyes. The eyes and the eyebrows. And the cheekbones. And if you hadn't told me that, I would have just <laughs> the thought. snow bones. I would have thought by the end of the movie, this doesn't really look like the dad. Because it's because it, it just, like they said, this movie, you get about five or six minutes where you're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like, I, I, I believe the snowman. Kind of. This is interesting. But within five or six minutes, like, by the time the mom is like, why did... Why is the snowman looking inside? Uh, they lost me. Oh, absolutely. When you it know? turned into Michael Keaton again at the end, it, it was jarring. <laughs> I forgot yeah, that's it was my Michael favorite Keaton. part of this movie. That's my favorite part of this movie for like, sure. Well, is the swirly light, the, the magic of Christmas or the harmonica ness <laughs> around <laughs> dyed blonde 90s sideburned Michael Keaton? Uh, it's a yeah, beautiful, he has all his beautiful moment. in heaven. I, I want to make that like, I want that to be like my driver's license ID photo or something. <laughs> Can I get that tattooed? Well, any you guys take me to a tattoo shop to get that tattooed? No, I, I gotta take ID. you, signed a release for you, Brian. <laughs> yeah, you can't drive home after that. Well, no, they say the chest tattoos are really painful and I'm going to get the whole thing. Bullshit. Oh. Uh, I, I need somebody to hold my hand. Uh, so, uh, just get a spindly uh, stick. I gotta get a Jack Frost tattoo this week. Sorry, I got to. <laughs> it, it has to, to happen. Uh, this movie has nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my god, it's worse than I thought. Yeah, um, people know this is bad. I'm glad. Oh yeah, yeah, they know it's real bad. I yeah, just knew it existed. Not- Fun. It's not bad in a fun way. Yeah, it's, it's not even as fun as the ice cream bunny. Yeah, no, it's just bad in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, taking my, itself. My uh, friend was over while I watched this, and I kept apologizing. She goes, "For what?" I was like, "Just this. This, this, this is what we have to do right now." Like, oh, so all right, that's about it, guys. Are we ready to jump into the movie? I think we talked you about were, it enough. This has been a great show. Thanks, guys. Yeah, See you later. I would like to argue that, yeah, no dad is sometimes better than snow dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the basic premise of your film is wrong. No dad is better than snow dad. This whole movie is flawed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Here we go, guys. This is Jack Frost. We open on a concert. The Jack Frost band, led by Jack Frost, is killing it with their winter-themed blues music. Are they killing it, though? Or is this just... Dweezil Zappa says they are. Many bad musical performances. It's like, it's your cousin, Marvin Frost. That's right. He just holds the phone out. (laughs) We gotta sign him. Wait, I, I have a question, and it's a little early because we usually do questions at the end, but fuck it. This movie's terrible. Would this movie have been improved if we had had a Jack Frost musical performance? And you know what I mean. Oh, when Jack he, Frost. I thought he was going to. I, I thought well, the snowman was going to like sing the blues I thought by the, the harmonica, end. yeah. We get, a, we get a song from him, right? He sings to his wife. Or was I hallucinating at that point? No, no, that's after he turns back into Michael Keaton. Okay, okay, he's Michael Keaton when he does that. Yeah. Yeah, we could have had a a harmonica playing snowman who sings. That would have cost another. Yeah, that's probably the most expensive sequence in the movie. I genuinely thought we were going to see the snowman like leading the blues band. I thought so too. Max like, he's still got it. 
<laughs> or like, yeah, like in the end credits or something. Have like, like a. It was just going to be a thing where he lives forever and like sings the blues up at the cabin, and they occasionally have a concert. Dude, lives that's what in I a expected. I expected this dark, like Hans Christian Andersen ending to this story. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, and he's still a snowman on the mountain, and his child grows older every year no. and no longer visits. And he's trapped <laughs> in the ice only I, to I watch. legitimately, like, this raised so many existential questions that it did not answer or even no, attempt to. Or even try to answer. Did you start yes. enchanting musical instruments and giving them to your son as a second chance on life throw? Because that's what <laughs> I would do. If I ever die. <laughs> this like, is this a magic- magical banjo. If you play it and <laughs> dream of me, banjo. I will no, come back. He- that's dirt. Like this magic kazoo. <laughs> heavy. Yeah, kazoo. I was just gonna say pocketable instrument. Jaw jaw harp. So you know like your spike, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh so uh yeah, an A and R Zappa in the crowd wants to sign them. Meanwhile, in the small mountain town of Medford, Colorado, it's the last day of school and Jack's son, Charlie, gets involved in the world's biggest snowball fight. I love this sequence. This this movie had me. I was sold. I was like, okay, the music's bad, but this is a Christmas movie. I I miss playing in the snow. (laughs) I don't miss the adult responsibilities of snow, but I, you know, King of the Mountain, that was so fun and sledding and stuff. (laughs) So, okay. I spent winters in Utah, so I got to play with snow as a desert person. It was Connecticut. Candy. So, so growing up in uh, Southern Arizona, I did play King of the Mountain, but it was at the top of gravel piles. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man. You had the spiky, thorny. Brian knows. Yeah. I, I played all of the snow games in the desert too. And, the and all these kids with these dirt. kids didn't they didn't understand that these were games that you would play in the snow. Because <laughs> you'd we play were, in the dunes, right? Out there yeah. by Yuma? Oh, yeah, just like Tatooine. there's a bunch of like, yeah, Tatooine style dirt. Not all of it's sand dunes. There's a lot of like patches right. of grass I, and brush. But we'd like throw each other into it because it's soft and you'd like wrestle into it. I remember vividly being around like nine or ten years old, being at uh, Tom's house in Aravaca for some uh-huh. party and me and the other Aravaca kids playing King of the Mountain on a big pile of gravel he had there. Yeah. You I rolled many ankles falling down from the top of a pile of It's dirt. shocking that no one broke any bones up. Well, but it was back in the time, you know, when you, you wouldn't even notice abrasions and cuts until much later on in the day. So, you're washing up for dinner and you're like, Wow, my whole arm is sliced open. <laughs> I, I, I want to be an old man and yell at some clouds really quick. So this this scene, yeah. this scene struck something in me, this like nostalgia scene of like a hundred plus kids playing at a park in the snow. Mm. And I feel like that's a thing that we don't see in movies now necessarily. Right. Like this no. chaos of a hundred kids. It's like if you get a hundred kids in a park at Central Park and there are parents and everything's calm and peaceful. But like I remember going to the park as a child and there being like a dozen parents and two hundred yeah. kids. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and I the remember screaming of a crowd of children that large. That and that ends. the uh the Lord of the Flies dynamic could happen yes. anywhere at, at, at any, any moment. Yeah. yeah. You get like a band of 12 kids. That's all of a sudden a band of 12 kids from nothing <laughs> for the you next know? eight hours. Yeah. We the, run this show. The, the, the internet killed that kind of like kid lighting that social 
and cohesion well, and, in public. And, yeah. and the pandemic was the final death yeah, nail of final, it. It was, yeah, the, but, it was old Yeller and the, with the gun. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. I mean, because if you stayed home, not only was it boring, but you, you might be put to work doing something. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. You'd have to mow the lawn or shovel right. snow if it was snowing. Yeah, right. Any of that shit. It's yeah. weird that this took me back to a place and time. Yeah. Like this movie's not that old. It's old now, but like I was like, oh my god, what mm. happened to this America that I <laughs> I that didn't happen when I was a teenager. Also, that wasn't happening in the same way when I was a teenager. But when I was a small kid, that was a thing I remember seeing. It's weird. So, some things I liked about this scene um, were the sound effects. When he comes over the hill, you hear helicopters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their explosion <laughs> sounds. And then the first shot of Rory Buck, he walks right up into the camera and he whips it out. He's sucking on a Slim Jim like a stogie. Yeah, like it's a stogie. I, yeah, I he think loves the smell of uh, snowballs in the morning. This is very Christmas story. It's trying mm. to be, you know, like, mm, but a modern, yeah. Yeah. a modern attempt at the like bully and you know, normal kids standing up to a bully. Speaking of the Slim Jim, it's funny later on when we get the, 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 the villain redemption from Rory Buck. Yeah. He's in the store buying Slim Jims. He sticks one in his mouth, walks out, sees Charlie and whips it out of his mouth and throws it in the snow immediately. That was a Slim Jim you just bought, Rory. It's well, it's but it's the same thing as a villain throwing a cigar on the ground. Right. It's, yeah. Money he means has nothing to pack. a bully because he steals his money from the the kids. That's true. You he know, has a that's three pack a day habit. He's like a gangster in the sense that, like, oh, cigars are cheap. I wear silver tipped boots. Yep. You know, like that is. I I I liked the the setup of this. This this was going strong. Al, you mentioned sound effects. I forgot to mention my favorite sound effect in this whole movie, though. Over the entire performance of the Jack Frost band, it's just wind chimes. Just constant wind chimes. I felt like I was going insane. And I remember thinking, is the rest of the movie going to have wind chimes like this? Why are there wind chimes? I think they had a wind chime player. And I don't know if they had a wind chime player, but I think it was an attempt for us to associate the blues music of Jack Frost's band with Christmas time. Yeah. With whimsy. Instead of them using sleigh bells. Well, let's they be clear. They're, they're doing a blues version of Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. yeah. I got an excruciating version. So, yes. They were there. Um, every time you heard the wind chimes, a new credit popped up. Yeah. yeah. The opening credit all, sequence. Oh. And they, it was Stardusty. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You're right. About it. They had an electric fiddle player in their blues band. Yeah. And she uh, rocked. She yeah. did. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I if you, if I one can rock on a blues fiddle. Yeah. Well, certainly people close. can, but I'm, I couldn't. I don't remember. Can one rock she, to she Frosty the Snowman? If one can rock to a winter themed blues band playing Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> yeah. And Tweezles App is out from LA trudging through the snowy mountains. I is mean, this what they is this what they mean by losing the war on Christmas? Is that bands <laughs> don't play blues Christmas songs in bars where you can smoke anymore? Maybe that's it. Is I that what Fox is. News that's, has all been out of shape? Do we need to give wolf. them a, a Jack Frost bar in every major city? Yeah, they're like it used to be all E Street band. You know, like what happened to Tough Christmas? <laughs> Tough Christmas. 
<laughs> I wanted Sir, my Christmas tubes served <laughs> by a drunk man wearing <laughs> sunglasses in the middle of the daytime at a bar. Uh, so, all right. So Charlie bests the school bully who is indeed extreme to the max and a radical dude with an attitude. <laughs> then Charlie heads home where he shows his mom his straight A report card. Life's great for old Charlie Frost. But actually, that's an interesting thing to point out, is that life is pretty good. I mean, that's a nice house, a nice car. They seem to live well. Let's keep that in mind. I was going going to bring this up later, but they are living a very upper middle class lifestyle for a family that seems to be solely supported by a middle-aged, regionally popular blues musician. No, don't don't get a twisted throw. And a bank teller. No, the no, mom. I got the feeling she got that job after he died to support the family. I think the mom makes the money. Maybe. I think that she makes the money. It doesn't say it either way. Or, because um, it's the 90s. That's why I assume. Yes, she because was the, it's the 90s. Just, I assume that because she's always dressed professionally and he's always dressed like a scumbag. That she oh. is the one who works as like a real estate or mm. banker or something. No, she's when, a bank teller. Else, yeah, right. yeah. When he comes to tell her, when he comes back from the show in Denver, he asks asks about uh, some dude at work. Mm. Yes, oh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Uh, or she oh, yeah. mentions that he hit that this guy hit on her. Uh, oh, that's either, right. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, they they ha- they have a house in this Medford, you know, which looks like quite a community, mm. but they have a cabin in Aspen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Aspen. Or Pine Top. Yeah. I mean, even but, if within driving distance of Aspen, you're talking about million dollar homes. But, but now also, in Aspen, you're talking Robert Redford's home. Yes. <laughs> yes. Maybe her dad was rich. Maybe we can go off of that assumption. I would also I like to point supposed, out I think we're supposed that, to buy that, that, that in the night. Yeah. That based yeah. on 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 the uh the snowboarding slash toboggan scene we get later, this town and their house seem to be situated exactly at the top of a major ski slope. You're right. It has to be right. Yeah. But uh, a, a road sign uh, later in the movie when they're traveling to Aspen indicates that they're probably about 175, 200 miles away. Yeah. That's incredibly expensive real estate. Yeah. And their their cabin is is right kind of right up the mountain from Medford on Pine Top. Yeah. So, so let's just keep that in mind. <laughs> How well this family seems to be They're doing, doing very well. <laughs> and so anyways, uh, yeah. Except Dad- for the dog. He seems to live outside in this <laughs> in the snowy snow. environment. Yes. Un- yeah, unattended. Jack, Jack wonders why the dog hates him. He's like, I never talked to this dog, but it hates me. He's like, I try to yeah. kick it every time it comes around me, but it hates me. He doesn't even let it in. No, okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah, yeah. that's not <laughs> a snow dog, bro. That's a fucking little yeah. lap dog. No dog no dog wants to, even one's acclimated to the environment. Yeah. I just, it's like, you're a husky. Yeah, but if you've got a fire, I'll totally sleep by it. Exactly. Um, late that night, Blue's dad gets home from playing in Denver. And Jack and Charlie build a snowman, and the family cavorts in the small Let's town Winter Wonderland. Do you remember from Cannibal the Musical? Anybody seen that? Let's build a snowman. We can make them tall, or we can make them not so tall. 
When Jack tucks Charlie into bed, he gives him a harmonica. He tells him he'll be able to hear it whenever Charlie plays it, no matter where he is. That's some bullshit. Don't believe that kind of thing. <laughs> That's some bullshit. That's not true. <laughs> you sounded like you tried it. My dad did not respond. <laughs> my dad gave me a magic harmonica. Never listens to me. I've got to say, my, my dad died, but I've played the harmonica a lot of times since then, and nothing. No snowman. Yeah. It all is major interest. Yeah. <laughs> nothing has brought him back. <laughs> yeah, all is major interest. Coors, yeah, harmonica. Exactly. <laughs> Casual cocaine. Uh, um, yeah, so Jack promises his wife, Gabby is her name, Gabby Frost. <laughs> that he will attend Charlie's hockey game. The next morning, Jack shows Charlie his super special J-Shot hockey move because he's apparently blues dad and also hockey dad. He's cool dad. He's cool dad. Yeah, he's just all around cool yeah. dad. Doesn't matter how he's absent cool. he is. Yep. He's he is so just cool. He's cold. So cool. Then he heads um, to I, the studio I, to I'm record sorry, a demo. I, yeah, wait, before we get there. Um Another indication that they're well off is he's allowed to shoot hockey pucks at the garage doors. <laughs> they can yeah. just those are a row of windows. Like I remember growing up, we couldn't even play the with a basketball nearby the garage windows. Like if that window goes out there, like is there plan to buy a new garage door at the end of winter? I don't you know, know. But they're, they're like, like yeah. sure. Just yeah, put a bunch of dents into it, and then it's all good. Yeah. We'll take yeah. care of it. We'll hammer those out. <laughs> like, yep. Go ahead and practice there. Not way. only is Michael Keaton good at hockey and playing the harmonica, he can also hammer out garage doors. He's a garage door repairman. Yeah. Yep. He could he could put new glass panes in to a folding garage door. It's very handy. Also, his kid. Also, his kid could be mediocre at hockey. I'm like, you're not good enough to risk these garage doors. <laughs> Maybe if I thought there was a hockey career coming. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's interesting that, okay, so he's cool dad, which is a, this is a subset of business dad, which yeah. was brought to its ultimate form by Robin Williams and Hook. Yes. Where yeah. business yeah. dad is too busy to, to, Go to the That's kids' true. game, and this that place, Cool Dad, is too cool to go to kids' game. Well, and being cool is his business. Let's not yes. get it twisted. Yeah. And he's that. Let's keep that yeah. in mind as well. And he's and he's he's on the up and up. He's trying to he's trying to make big business out of being cool. Being, is he? Hey, hey, going to the recording studio. Being cool, we think he is because it's the nineties, and Be, that's what's cool. Being cool is my business, and business is cool. Cool. Okay. A okay. in a fridge, baby. Old man yelling at clouds again. What happened to the idea of being cool? Oh. <laughs> we don't have time, my brother. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can see this movie, and I can go, I guess they're trying to make him look cool. I can't see that in other movies now because they're either cool or you're not. Yeah, those are just executives. This is not cool, but it's clear that he's trying really hard to be cool. Right. And we're supposed to believe that he's really cool because everybody else around him believes that he's really cool. Again, in in 1998, there was nothing cooler than a middle aged white guy playing the blues. It was popular. He got a lot cooler one year after his death. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's true. I mean, 
Like, that works on a lot cold. of levels. Yeah. Honestly, do you think that they leaned into the aspect of cool because the movie is called Jack Frost and the character's name is Jack Frost and he becomes a snowman? That probably. <laughs> do you yes. think that was their as layer a, in this as movie? As layer. Sorry. As opposed to another stereotype like Thoreau was saying, business dad or yeah. sport, sports dad or yeah, it, it would have to be rocking. It wouldn't have been as thematically like cohesive. Yeah, I wonder at what point. Something he, cool about a CPA, like an accountant or yeah, I, I maybe ha- something cool. Because yeah. he might could have been my accountant. Dad gave me a, cal- a magic calculator. Yeah, <laughs> I have a magic calculator. Taxes over the an iPhone. It costs way too much. But really, yeah, they could have made it anything. He could have been business dad. And yeah, but like they decided, I wonder at what point they decided to make him cool dad instead of business cool dad. Harmonica singing blues dad. Yeah, it's a chicken and egg. I wonder if that was originally it with Clooney and Sam Raimi, or if that was like a Keaton thing because he does put off that like Bruce Willis, Jim Belushi, middle aged white guy. Yeah, the Bruce Willis, Jim Billy Belushi, Bob Thornton. Yeah, yeah, playing the blues. And if Billy Bob Thornton had been his second, that would right. have been, I could see that really coming together. That's really yeah. interesting. Because he could have before? actually played some music. Um, of course, Michael Keaton's doing the Elvis, where he, he's got a guitar on him. Well, and yeah, oh, yeah. but well, also Michael Keaton did insist on learning to play. Harmonica for real. <laughs> no, that's true. I'm not making. That. I believe it. I believe, I believe it. How many also, lessons? But, yeah, and he he co-wrote two of the songs for the soundtrack. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, he wow. did. Don't lose faith in me. And don't. Yeah, don't. Don't snowman. Don't lose your. Don't lose your faith. Um, and that frosty weird frosty thing which isn't quite frosty the snowman but basically is yeah yeah it wasn't even a 12 bar blues but it wasn't it was terrible yeah (laughs) yeah just the idea of something being cool and it not being cool sorry my brain is like stuck on that Like, wow. How, how else get, would you know? How did so, we get there? So that afternoon, Jack does miss the game. He loses track of time while recording, and Charlie has a terrible game. He misses the game-winning shot. Jack gets home. Gabby's eight. It wasn't. It wasn't even the game-winning shot. It's yeah. just to get him on the scoreboard. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, just it's him not a great down by eight. Well, I, it's the same thing as business dad. Sorry, uh-huh. guy. I was too busy doing business, being right. cool. Yeah, that That's I missed your event. Yeah, it's it's the, the same trope. Reasons why like, the modern dad would like. It's not there. about him being absent over time. It's not the pattern of absence. Sorry, I'm getting deep in this shit. It's about the one time. Well, no, him missing the promise. No. It, it is about like, the pattern because she later says. Sh- she says promise, don't promise, yeah. you know, but, which but, begs the question, would he have been in so much better at hockey that day if he had already known dad wasn't coming? Like, I know that's a blow to a kid. There's no argument yeah. there. Like yeah. dad said he would show up and he didn't. But you're going to tell me he was he could have taken this team, the Devils. If Michael Keaton had shown up. Yeah. Uh, is he Wayne Gretzky with his dad around? But I love the like grittiness of showing them all just sitting at a bar after the recording session as if it's not more hardcore than that. But yeah. they're all just like having coffees or, you know, draft beers. I mean, oh, no, 
It's a very My kid's real graduation. <laughs> I, I thought it was fun though, the musical aspect of it. Because they did clearly go in, in on the like, well, we want to use a real studio and we want to use a real musical performance and we want to do all this musical stuff because it's really like that's always interesting in a movie to me to see sure. somebody like there the thing that was the most painful part about the studio performance aspect, because we get the studio kind of montage. Yeah, we see a little bit. And they're doing obviously live recordings in the studio. And all the, at once. the audio mix here. This movie is a fascinating, like audio musical mess experiment. The audio mix is is like everything is super centered. And like if somebody is recording in the studio their vocals in that scene during the montage, it's the thing. It's not mixed in, it's not mastered, it sounds like. It sounds like a studio headphone mm. and that's a choice them being like oh we want it to sound like you're in the studio though i just thought that mm. was a an interesting like meta thing that they that they chose to do yeah no it is um it sucked but it was weird it was a bad experience ultimately it did not work because it's not a good thing to listen to it's jarring to hear it like that <sighs> yeah, this this movie is jarring um so it was such a pedestrian view of what you know live music recording or life of a band is like you know there's also a point coming up that illustrates that more but i mean you're right brian it, like it, it, none of those other scenarios would have worked as well as cool dad the, the, well, the harmonica what what could have substituted the, the hockey right. stick i guess right maybe well and again which they included both uh, hockey stick and harmonica. i'm going to point out that okay so yes there was that period where like celebrity dude middle-aged celebrity dudes were in blues bands and like they thought it was cool and all blues that bands, yeah a regionally popular non-celebrity middle-aged blues band is not going to get signed to a major label and have a top 10 hit, which is what they were expecting to happen. He's not and Michael Keaton just, in this story. He's just a guy. Right. And they just flagrantly just give that up at the drop of a hat because dude wants to go to the cabin a day early with his family. Right. But also like, going to get there but 43 year old dude with a bank teller wife bro maybe it's time to to get a job down at the music store instead of traipsing all over probably yes but then he gets one last stitched effort and he couldn't care less yeah so all right so yeah he does miss it gabby's mad he promises charlie and gabby that they will go to up to their cabin for Christmas. The next day, as they're getting ready to leave at the last minute, he gets a call and he has to go to a gig that could make or break his career at a Christmas party of a record company mogul, I guess. Yeah. Asylum. He even name drops an yes. actual label. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, they probably did something in conjunction with them if they're talking about that exact label. Yeah. Yeah. It was and, you know, Mercury Records, actually. Come- Interesting. One of them had to come from money because their getaway cabin is so close to their house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if we lived, if they lived here in Tucson, then a cabin in Colorado would be awesome. Those are such diverse environments. But so they must have had old money property. I mean, yeah. Anyway. But also, yeah. like, also, I feel like it's just that 90s thing where it just nonchalantly. 
<laughs> everyone's, they have a cabin. everyone's just yeah. rich and they don't yes, even think about that's it. That's true. That's but, true. That 90s thing. Yeah. You just had like stuff. home alone. Like what did that yeah. dad do? He flew 12 people to Paris. Come on. Right. I mean, like Homer Simpson, you know, yeah. like mm. a four, right. four or five bedroom house. The rumpus room. Right. Stay at home. Rumpus yeah. One room. income. The rumpus room. <laughs> um, so, all right. Uh, <laughs> a basement that can hold a giant carved idol. <laughs> yes. yeah. That's spacious. It is. Try that now in today's yeah. market. <laughs> yeah. Try getting a job at a nuclear fucking power plant now as a safety inspector. <laughs> right. Well, try that for various reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Out of high school. Where, where is one? Yeah. yeah. Um, on his way to the gig, Jack realizes his mistake and the. Uh, he uh, borrows Mac's car to go back to the mountains, but he doesn't realize any. He doesn't realize his mistake. He's just like my family's more important, and Ow. all of the band is fine with that as well because apparently there's a yummy dinner being prepared. Yeah. So this is his life's work, the culmination possibly. Because Thoreau, you're right. If it doesn't work this time, then you got to give up on the dream of yeah. middle age. Got to go get a right job at middle age. So this is his last ditch effort. He might actually make it, which could make Christmases every Christmas in the future wonderful for their family. But because kid is pouty this Christmas, he gives that up, and his entire band is cool with it too. I mean, he dies. the band yeah. being cool with it, it is. is is definitely weird. I can see why it's Very not a big weird. deal to him because he's living oh. off his wife's generational wealth. I mean, <laughs> Must I, be. I I think it's interesting the band being okay with it because the band was probably always okay with it. That's I think yeah. that's what that shows. Yeah. That the band was yeah. like, yeah, dude, it's your family, of course. Yeah, Andrew was pointing out they are they have their shit packed. They yeah. were ready to it's, not go. It's clearly yeah. him, you know. Max said nobody wanted to go anyway. Right. Yeah. They're like, right. we don't. So they could have gone to Aspen with them. As professional musicians, we don't really care about having a record deal. It's not our thing. But having dinner, that is our thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Free food, dude. I, I'm I there, saw Mac. For real. Having dinner is definitely his thing. Yeah. And yeah, for he's Jack, he's a wild boar. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to disappoint my son one more day. Yeah, one more I'll day. Be, but yeah, I would, I would also gonna, point out to you make should, my dreams come true. You should probably not be driving a mid sixties like Chevy Coupe in the snow in with broken wipers, Colorado. At that I mean, speed, Who is that's he, a classic car. The rust, the salt on the roads alone is going to ruin the that. Salt thing. on the roads, the undercarriage. Yeah. You're right. Undercarriage, that's disrespectful yeah. to that car. Absolutely, absolutely is. is. That's minivan weather. Absolutely, it fucking, is. Or Jeeps, like she said, yeah. multi multi tire traction shit going on. You want all wheel wipers and yeah. that shit, yeah. And I think it's to show that like he's a risk taker because he's a rocker, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's a badass, so he doesn't even need operational windshield wipers. <laughs> yeah, he's got bleach <laughs> in tips Colorado. and an earring. He's he's all two earrings. He had two earrings. Earrings. a Southern Each California. Oh, thing. like yeah, you can't have just was, one. Yeah. If you yeah. have just one, people are asked questions. Yeah. And he plays harmonica. It's in mean. the gay ear. We had yeah. a gay ear. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this country is a fucking weird place, man. Uh, so well, it's been, funny because it will be. Yeah. Just the things that people have to do to get 
to get by. Yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, oh, like, with a country like a, this size. Brian, we don't yeah. have time for a podcast about yeah, that. Sorry. We don't, but there's no I uniformity. A, I got yes, a little absolutely. too stoned for this show. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into the deep cuts here on Jack Frost. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyways, he's dead now. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, he died <laughs> so doing what he loved, <laughs> driving uh, in the no, snow, neglecting, <laughs> neglecting his family, <laughs> Negl- yeah, giving up on his dream. <laughs> if you're a musician, dream. even slightly successful, this has been your dream most of your life. Yeah. He managed to do both. He managed to be yeah. terrible to his son and not go all the way with his dream. <laughs> <laughs> right. He died as a result of it. He's That's like, the moral of the story. Go all the way. Or He's stay like, with your family. Roll I credits. You, <laughs> Movies Charlie, over. I hope you love this Christmas because next year I'm a manager at Arby's. <laughs> it is fucking going a different way. Hey, but you know what? <laughs> you know what we're going to sing that Christmas? We have the meats. <laughs> we have the meat. The big beef and cheddar. <laughs> so we do you, remember, do you remember Jon Stewart doing Arby's bits? He would do like free Arby's ads <laughs> that were like terrible. He'd be like, yeah, if you ever wanted to feel... Your stomach digesting about a quarter pound of just raw roast beef yeah. inside you. <laughs> go to Arby's. <laughs> That's where it goes. <laughs> you know, you'd be like, go to Arby's. This episode brought to you by. <laughs> I think that was Keith David's voice back at Arby's. Oh, yeah. We've got the meat. So we cut to a year later. <laughs> it's the last day of school again. Fuck, yes. Okay. And, and he's so melancholy. Yeah. And it's, it's a year later. And, but it yeah. seems like the school status quo has not moved an inch. The not kids all seem all. like the same age. The bullies still bullying, <laughs> wearing same the same team. clothes. No one's grown. No one's changed fashions. It's the same. Um, Charlie. Uh, Rory, Rory, what's what was his name? Rory Buck. Cal- Rory Calhoun. Calhoun. <laughs> Rory, Buck. <laughs> Rory Buck. Still in seventh grade, but that's not unbelievable. No. <laughs> no, he could have stayed back, but the he little could've... girl's the same age. The hockey team, the best friends. Yeah, no one's the changed. Fully got held Henry back. Rollins may have gotten another Patch of Boy air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. In yeah. the back. A firm talking you to think just nobody told the him? throat doctor. I, the, the, the goofy kids cocky, hockey coach the lead singer of Black, of Black Flag. Flag. I love that. I love every cameo role that Henry Rollins has ever been in. They're always sure. fascinating roles. I have never been he's, upset to see. He's never had one where it's like, oh, this is perfect for him. They're no. always just like, this is so weird. It's why Henry like, Rollins? It's always like, why did you cast Henry Rollins? Like, I understand the man wants a paycheck, so he's going to do some weird shit sometimes. But like you see Henry Rollins, and you're like, yeah, this is perfect for him. I feel I like there's there are a couple an association of, with Troy Miller somehow. Yeah, there's some casting director or something in Hollywood that's just like in the 90s, like, oh, no, Henry, we got to call Henry. I love Henry. I love punk rock. And Henry would be perfect for this weird, obscure role that we need someone to say three lines. At. I'm sure that he has a very funny gatekeeper agent. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like, like, you know what? This would be fun. It's a fucking haunted snowman. Like, Have all right. You- have you guys listened to Heidi and Holly? Do you know about Heidi and Holly? Mm-mm. Oh, he has a podcast with his assistant. Oh. And his assistant, Holly, is fucking amazing. And she's hilarious and super weird and is very he outgoing and bubbly. He is Heidi, and she plays the role of Henry. Henry. 
Um, it is a fictional, <laughs> nonfiction role playing podcast. No, uh, but it's really, really cool. It's in between him doing radio shows and stand ups and stuff. It's just like this weird parasocial thing where he talks about music that he's listening to and nice. politics and shit. It, it's not happening anymore, but it used to be a regular thing. It was. It's very cool. Um, did did anybody see or remember the movie Snow Day? It was a comedy, yeah, not I, like I in the nineties, yeah. not far from the. Yeah, I think I think that Troy Miller wanted aspects of that, which that was supposed to be an adventures of Pete and Pete movie mm. that the studio oh. freaked out and just made a general comedy, hmm. and that had um cameos you know what i mean like comedy cameos and then like also had chevy chase and chris elliott yeah i feel like that that maybe troy miller and or some of his cohorts cohorts thought they were making something that fun you know like all three zappas that's a lot of zappas that is a lot of zappas (laughs) you you thought you were making something fun henry rollins this movie by the time it ends it's like sapped of all of its spirit. Oh, it God. opens with so much like, I know. so much pizzazz. So much fur, like, yes. Yeah, it really has like a lot oh. of zhuzh. And I feel like- <laughs> That's why like, June Diane well, well, Totally, like totally. It's like whiplash back and forth between sappy, depressing, wacky hijinks. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, and well, and we're in this point in the movie where it, a year, all of a sudden, a year later, it, he's sad. It's so- Quick. He's very sad, and like, and the movie like slams on its brakes. It's fucking weird. This movie's weird. This movie's and super weird. It feels like they were being told, like after like getting like the studio is watching dailies and being like, okay, tomorrow can you do this instead? So that's absolutely what was happening. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like this movie was almost filmed chronologically, <laughs> and as things are happening, they're changing. Well, you know, I, um, Sam Raimi, even in 98, would have been kind of hard to push around yeah. from a studio point of view. So, yeah, this TV director, this director that does comedy specials, like, yeah, not only is he going to take notes, he's going to smile. Well, yeah. And it's a it's a Christmas movie. It's a money making vehicle at this point in time, you mm-hmm. know, and they'd seen things like uh, Jingle All the Way be successful, you know. Yeah. Like that. That was successful, which also right? takes place in an inclement. Christmas. Yeah, like yeah. remember how warm it was yeah. in Jingle all the way. It yeah. looks the same yeah. warmth here. Roger Ebert even or Gene Sisko. All right. So Charlie has fallen into depression over his dad's death. He no longer wants to show up the school bully in snowball fights. His grades have fallen. And Kelly Preston is a Scientologist, so unfortunately there is no therapy for Charlie. <laughs> or medication. <laughs> Do you think it was in the script? (laughs) And she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No child of mine would ever get therapy. You know what this, you know what this movie would have benefited from? And this is going to sound insane. A montage of sadness. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't life just, I think that's a a John Paul Sartre. uh, It's it's been a year (laughs) and his dad has been dead for a year. We get Charlie coming back a year later being like, it's Christmas again. Life sucks, and we're like, "What? It's Christmas again? What the fuck?" What it's happened? like it's Christmas here all the time. Like us as in the audience, the we are like, "How the fuck did we get to Christmas again? What happened? Did the dad just die in a car accident?" Yeah, it would have been nice if we'd real? seen them through the seasons. Like it's yeah. summer and he's sad. It's oh, like all day without dad. I got gotcha. you. You know, like, <laughs> like I said, like a 
a Sunrise, montage of sadness. Sunset. Yeah. Uh, like the, the Deadpool calendar girl song where they're fucking all year long. <laughs> you know. <laughs> every that month old, this kid is sad every month of yeah. the year. No, yeah, but it's said no, he comes out of there like shuffling his feet like like Christmas time is here. <laughs> He's Charlie Brown all of a sudden. Yeah. His name is Charlie. Um he breaks down while snow shoveling because there's a Jack Frost <laughs> sticker on his snow shovel. No, because that's bullshit. Shoveling is so angry. Oh, no, I yeah. I had flashbacks watching this movie because my I yeah. I only lived in the snow as an adult. So shoveling and driving were my two the two main ways I interacted with snow. See, oh, see it. I I was there prime shoveling age I was forced to shovel anything my grandfather oh. needed or wanted shoveled see you were forced Josh that's probably so. worse but see I was not forced I was coerced through money I was paid a quarter to shovel the snow out oh from my, my house God. and I was young enough to think a quarter was worth the labor of like uh. three hours of sho- snow shoveling at like seven years old <laughs> I lived on the corner, so I had to shovel the driveway and both sides of the sidewalk around the house. My great-grandfather had a gigantic driveway, like a big, like, curved one, too, so you had to, like, shovel it all out. And I've had this happen where the snow truck comes yes, by when you're shoveling That gave me snow. flashbacks. Fuck <laughs> your yeah, trucks. That, like, that's my... The just so... Like, I just cleared the driveway. We're trying to get the cars out of here. Fuck. <laughs> you know, but when you're young... It's like the world is over. Oh, fuck that. Uh, fuck snowplows. Anyway. That's uh, so great. Um, yeah, so he has a breakdown while shoveling snow, which I <laughs> totally relate to. therapy. Yeah. Then, poor guy. Then later that night, Gabby goes somewhere. Where'd she go to? I didn't write it down. Shopping. Christmas shopping. Christmas oh, shopping. Yeah. At night. Late, late, late Christmas into the night. shopping. Late night yeah, Christmas Max. shopping. She went to get l- lubes and scented oils. Yeah, Mac, who has like. fallen into the deepest slumber a man has ever known. Yeah, she's going to come rocker. back and surprise Jen. Uh, While watching Mac. Stevie Ray Vaughn. <laughs> Just watching him. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, Charlie goes out and makes another snowman, which bears a striking resemblance to George Clooney. <laughs> well, this one's made with a vengeance. Okay, also, this kid's really good at making snowmen. Oh my god. Yeah, he is He's all like the um, definition on the face. Yeah. Wow. And I mean like the I've made snowmen in my day and to make a base that big. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to get like Mine the big ball going. It really mistakes. is. Mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> they were always like, kill me. You've got to have <laughs> they, a, look, they look terrible. You've got they to are have an art form. You've got to have a lot of snow to make a snowman that large. Yeah. Charlie's that's a trooper. That's that's hours of work. Oh and, yeah. and contours on the face. The contours. Oh, you know, that's not just a rolled head. He gave there. it eyebrows. That's not yeah. To, yeah. This, it this had to have eyebrows or it the was, Spielberg principle it was thing. They begging were to about. come to life. <laughs> yeah, you it's don't make like, a snowman <laughs> like that and not expect it to come to life. It was like, it was like please, sensational. Let, let me hear that magical harmonica. <laughs> so Wait, yeah, why doesn't that have a carrot for a nose? Oh, because they probably put a carrot on it, a, and when there's like, nope, just, doesn't look, doesn't look good. 
a different no, like it's color. Kind of, it's kind animate. of phallic, right? Like, do you think they had like a uh, like a board of people come in and look at it? They were like, uh, I bet it was harder to animate. Not harder, yeah. but like more. Yeah. To do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also it's got more dimension and al- it's orange. Also, Clooney yeah, Clooney doesn't have a very prominent nose. So oh, that's true. That's true. Well, he's not. He's known for his eyebrows. <laughs> I'm Maybe, yeah, his eyebrow. eyes and eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. He is, he's got that I wish dreamy. That, otherwise, wish, he's just a white guy. I yeah. wish that we had had a more realistic snowman, Jim. though. Like you said, like like the the more like, kill me, like, <laughs> like a cigarette Protest. butt for a nose. And, you know, <laughs> like, like a couple one of pieces of possibly throat. dog shit for eyes, you know. I am an affront to nature. <laughs> Please destroy I, me. Yes, got I leaves, was never meant to be. Leaves and patches of mud stuck out of its side. <laughs> yeah, black eyes from under cars and shit. Yeah, they don't uh, come out looking like Calvin and Hobbes. They usually come out looking like, yeah, yeah. something so, from a, so anyway, like a Verhoeven movie. Or something <laughs> something yeah, that you couldn't compare to a 90s heartthrob. <laughs> yes. Those are the majority of my snow. Most of them were, were two to three feet tall at best. Also, <laughs> yeah, they don't look like the surgeon from ER. They look like they were on the table. <laughs> yeah, that was a deep. deep Sorry. Nice. No, that was awesome. So, anyways, he <laughs> her- dropped a helicopter on them. That's a really deep ER cut. Multiple <laughs> helicopters were dropped on multiple characters. <laughs> That's ER. right. No, Gray's Anatomy, which. <laughs> Is now in its twenty like fifth season or something like that. There was a point where the main character, one of the main characters, got eaten by a wolf. Was that McDreamy? (laughs) Did McDreamy get eaten by a wolf? I don't know. I haven't watched it. I just I've never seen him. I saw saw McDreamy and something else. I've I've never watched it. I've seen it on the background at people's houses, but McDreamy and what's her name, Sandra Oh, are the only two people I know of from that show. And I think they've both been off for fifteen years. Yeah, something like that. That's crazy. It's like days of our lives at this point. Oh my god. So, um, anyways, he get he gets harmonica to life. And okay, I want to point out, we are now at the forty minute mark of this film. We have just ended the first act at forty minutes of a forty one hour and forty minute film. We're almost halfway through. This movie, when we finally get to the end of the first act. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, this movie has pacing issues. Part of it's due to him sloshing around on his ass, and the other part is due to him being like a bog in the rest of the movie. <laughs> pacing issues. <laughs> him sloshing act, around. Act two is sloshing around, yeah. and act three is toboggan <laughs> to the end. Toboggan to the floating carcass of michael keaton <laughs> oh god yeah what if he had visited his own grave <laughs> like that like his body <laughs> is in the ground somewhere in this town <laughs> yeah so if he melts could it, could, if he melts and his the liquid that he is reanimate can it reanimate his corpse I, if i were the kid i'd be like how do we pet cemetery my dad back well, uh, yeah, I wish he worked more like the Sandman from Spider-Man, where like he could accumulate the snow around him. Yeah, to he kind of was because at one point he has, I guess so, yeah. s- snow boobs, and he also gets snow cut into thirds, and he has one third of him. <laughs> well, and he's got snow snowball throwing powers, apparently. Okay. 
But also at the beginning, he's like, whoa, I'm back. But like, where were you for a year, Michael? <laughs> or Jack? Where did yeah. you go for that year? Can you tell right. us what happened after you died? Where tell was us. Soul? He's like, I was in that harmonica. <laughs> like a genie trapped in a lamp. I was trapped in a harmonica. <laughs> I was in enigma. the harmonica. Is that how it works? I do don't. you think his do you think his ghost went to the harmonica because it was the last thing he enchanted? <laughs> I'm sorry, you said works. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't realize he died, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't he think he knows. realized he, he died. refers to it, I thought. Oh, at first he didn't. You're right. He was yeah, surprised to like, be a snowman. It's like, oh, last, I'm home. Last and he remembers right. he was... Yeah, yeah, right. Right. He he just, open the door. What's what's going on? Open the door. That's and right. he sees his reflection. That's right. He realizes he's a snowman. But also, so like, it was just nothing. <laughs> nothing yeah. for a year. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> that's like there's so many implications here <laughs> so many existential implications uh so anyways he attempts to to get in contact charlie um but charlie sees him and is terrified because he's a living snowman right <laughs> so uh, wait does he does he haunt the snow or is he, <laughs> or is he like some people haunts- believe Haunting the hat. Or is it what part of it is? What part is him? Where does it reside? Yeah, was it the pork pie hat that he wears on stage? Frosty, it's the pork pie hat. It's magic, right? Well, and later on, he does that thing. But yeah, he does that thing where it comes, where where it come, where the head comes off the body, and he starts talking to the body and telling the body where to go. Yeah. Does this work? The science behind this is ridiculous. Yes. He fixes Al. the cable. You know science. Yes. Can you explain What's the to comic us? book? What is the comic book history on snowman characters? Oh god. So snowman. There's a. Even though the the three balls Snowborn. are separated, there's there's a, uh, a quantum entanglement <laughs> between quantum the three balls of snow. Um, Makes sense. Thank but, you. But so like with the uh with the the second ball with the arms like trying to pick up the head, it's like trying to do something in the mirror and you're like going the wrong way. Uh, oh yeah. Gotcha. You know? So it's um, you you is, you're trying to go left but you, you you go right or like back and back. Can and he control the gravity between the individual snowflakes or is it how hard the snowflakes are packed into each other. How does this work? Is it the power of love (laughs) that binds the snow together? And later when, later when he's on the hot concrete and he's like, ow, ow. So he has physical sensation. He can feel himself melting. What if I poke him, like put my finger inside him? He'd have to be, be able to feel in order to pick his head up. Yeah. 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 What if we what if we cut him with a lightsaber? Or anything up. Would he scream out in pain? <laughs> I, just, I don't know. Or would he, he just gets, be a smaller snowman? But he goes through the trees and he's flat. <laughs> it doesn't seem to hurt him. He's just like, whoa. <laughs> oh. You're right. His senses are very yeah. arbitrary. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah. Um, Charlie barricades the door terrified of the eldritch being which has defied the laws of god and nature 
Then there's some hijinks with the snowplow <laughs> and Henry Rollins. Yep. So I have so many snow-related questions. I just should stop. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, cut them in half. <laughs> yeah. Choose your best ones. Yeah, because there's nothing but questions <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> well, and snow, we only know so many. Um, so anyways, the next morning, Charlie confronts <laughs> like it's the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> snow. Does it have snow down there? <laughs> I don't snow. <laughs> Thank you, Al. Uh, so yeah, the next Old morning, enough. Charlie confronts the living snowman <laughs> with a blow dryer. There's snow business like show. Then like business. gets upset at his answers and runs over the hill of his backyard into the giant ski slope playground snowball fight area, which apparently is just right behind his house. It's like they own the park. Yeah. It's just right there. It's so close. Of course, that's not how parks work. I'm aware. (laughs) Sure. Um, But also that park was just over the hill from the school. So everything is just right there. But also, it was also a short distance away from a cliff. Yes, a short distance <laughs> from a cliff and a slope w- by which you can toboggan slash snowboard down for five minutes straight. Wait, wait, is this is this Springfield? Is this movie a cartoon? I, well, yeah, everything is next to everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's a black diamond ski run. Like that's steep mountain. It's right there. <laughs> it's right there. And again, they they snowboard slash toboggan for five straight minutes at that speed. You're you're a few miles away from where you started. That's how we. That's how we lost yeah, Sonny Bono. That's true. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Liam Neeson's wife. Ooh. Oh, I didn't God. know about that. Not as funny. Miranda no. Richardson. Yeah. You remember? Oh. She's an, she oh. was an actress. I forgot about that. Oh my God. Huh. Yikes. Yeah. It's all Bono. Your your real estate's only for Bono. Yeah. <laughs> but think about her. Yeah. Well, and that Wait, what, the, the uh, afternoon what was ski her public that Paltrow like? lost. Yeah. <laughs> the what? The ski the she after, lost? The afternoon of skiing that Gwyneth Paltrow lost. <laughs> Don't forget that. Yeah. So anyways. October the, 10th, 2001. All right. Anyways, Rory Bones, Rory Butch. What's his name? Buck. Rory, Rory Bones Buck. would be dope. Buck, Buck, Buck somehow was not less weird than Bones or Butch. No, Buck was even more uncomfortable. Uh, so, yeah, Rory Buck's there and he bullies Charlie. And then Jack shows up and starts, starts machine gunning them with snowballs until. He runs out of the snow that's directly underneath him and apparently lacks the ability or or the desire to move two feet to the left to start (laughs) doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So he tells Charlie to run. Charlie does. He falls over a cliff. I'm snowman. Um, The bullies go after him. Uh, The kids... Chase him, yeah, over that cliff. No, they're at this point, these other children are willing to murder Charlie for being sad about his dead father. Yes, sir. And the snowman is merely remarkable to them, not not really worth shopping. They don't even see 
Oh, I thought on the toboggan race they. I they mean, did. they clearly see a snowman. Yeah. But somehow the fact that the snowman is moving and talking escapes oh, right. every single Everyone. person's attention except Charlie's. And at the end, Rory. And Henry yeah. Rollins. Uh, uh, is he a hallucination then? Is he like a, is a there a gas leak in this town? <laughs> <laughs> like some Ultra experiments. His, <laughs> his car created a slow gas leak when it crashed. <laughs> is this a well, fight club Ke- situation? principle? <laughs> or a gremlins type scenario. He was the, the kid was the snowman all along. Yeah. We were all apart a little bit snowman all along. It's it really the, uh, the, the real treasure was the snowmen we made along the way. His name <laughs> was Jack snowman. Frost. His name was Jack Frost. His name was Jack Frost. <laughs> yeah, He's playing the harmonica at all their meetings. They're like, why are you playing the harmonica? He's like, it's not me. It's Jack Frost playing the harmonica. I don't know what you're talking about. And all their meetings. <laughs> all the, the meetings where the boys and Charlie get together. <laughs> no, they plan to overthrow the financial system. So, yeah, at this point, at this point, we at this point, we get a it's only a walk. It's only a walk down the street. To Aspen, where all the money is, but my mom's a teller here, <laughs> just around the corner from that cliff. Right at this, uh-huh. point, you take a right at the cliff, the top of the cliff, or the bottom. It, uh, does, it doesn't it's matter. It's gonna be the right. This town consists of the school, the cliff slash ski slope, this one street that they live on, and the one town square. That's town square, it. Yeah. Uh huh. That is isn't the real estate must be bonkers. I'll just go back. I don't know where the skating rink is, but. Oh, right. There is a skating rink. Maybe, maybe they sold the city, all the land for the ski slope and the park. That's where they got all their money from. That's where they got their frost money. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They invented a way to freeze vegetables. I've got a new theory. They're from the Donner Party. They're original Donner Party survivors. <laughs> original Donners. <laughs> the madness. The madness remains. That's why everybody thinks all this stuff. Henry Rollins is also from a. That's why he's such Jack Frost. Also, <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Steranko. Or... Oh yeah, Henry Rollins. Sid, Sid Gronick. Sid Gronick. 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 So, anyways, we get a five to seven minute toboggan sequence that's a fucking huge hill and they're going so fast yeah, out so did you fast. do the math they've got to be going 30 or 40 mat. miles an hour um super fast yeah 35 according to the math they're going super fast yeah everyone knows that you well, can't figure it out unless you picture them on a train yeah, like, we need two trains though. One going yeah. almost <laughs> one train with a snowman train. going eighty miles an hour, and one on with one Jack track. on the toboggan. <laughs> and, which version and, of Michael Keaton? And will one with a nineties bully with frosted tips snowboarding. <laughs> yep, Rory, Rory Storm, or Rory, <laughs> Rory <laughs> Storm, <laughs> Rory Buck, Rory, Rory Buck. 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 The actual name is always crazier than the names we make up. <laughs> I know, always. <laughs> Always. I like Rory Bones. I'm sticking with that. <laughs> Rory Bones. So, all right. Eventually, they escape the bullies. Um, and Jack calls Charlie, Charlie boy, at which point Charlie realizes 
that he really is his dead father inhabiting a snowman. That is the thinnest thing because this man has no relationship with his child. Well, and that's even one you could stumble on by accident. Yeah. Uh, Charlie boy. (laughs) Yeah. Those are just pointing out things about him. I just, I love this because this is such a business dad kind of thing again, where it's like, oh, you knew the thing that you called me when I was little. It's like, that's your relationship with your father is, you know, the name that he called it. Yeah. What I love is that prior to that, Charlie was totally um, (laughs) getting comfortable with the sentient snowman idea in general. Yes. No, during the toboggan ride, he was all cool with the sentient snowman. (laughs) He's like, this is just my living snowman. Oh, you I haven't had dad. friends. I haven't had friends since my dad died. Right? If I'm it, glad I met this snowman. What if it hadn't turned out to be his dad? He was just like, I guess I got a snowman friend now. <laughs> just a, <laughs> I guess just a creepy, Steve. like vagrant, like ghost. Isn't that isn't that the original Frosty? I mean, story? yes, it is. Yeah, but you kids. He's just a hobo hey, that died Someone. by the tree. <laughs> he's a hobo that lives in the shed in the woods. Yep. And they found Put his hat on me. <laughs> What happened to his bones? <laughs> his snow bones. What happened to Frosty's bones? He's like, I don't know. I'm no longer bipedal. I move oh like a God. slug. <laughs> this that needs to be one of those. That needs to be like the Winnie the Pooh horror movie. What happened to Frosty? the hobo that made that Frosty? Lived inside. Frosty, that they built the snowman around. Oh, my God. The dead vagrant corpse. Because the kids accidentally killed the hobo. So they built him into a snowman. (laughs) They buried him inside the snowman. All right. Only to be thought. All right. All right. right. We'll talk about the real movie. Go back home. I'm sorry. We're over two hours at this point. And we're like halfway through the movie. Okay. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. I'm sorry to have done that. (laughs) No. Yeah. Act one's really long. Don't worry. The rest is just a toboggan right away. We're almost there. (laughs) So they go home. They try to hide Jack from Gabby after he fixes the sink. Yeah. That's hilarious with his two finger death punch. Gabby, his wife, who doesn't deserve to know that God is real and her husband's soul hasn't simply dissipated into the blackness of non-existence. Nope. She'd be happier not knowing. (laughs) Oh, my God. She doesn't want to stare into the lifeless eyes of a snowman. Oh. That she used to have sex with. Yeah. (laughs) Different relationship. Who impregnated her? He's trying to figure out if he can do that. You know, that's the first thought that crossed Michael Keaton's mind is, you think I could figure out a way to have sex with my wife? Like if I put a stick in my bottom thorax. Like a carrot. Uh, So uh, anyways. That's why they didn't have a carrot because it would have been the obvious joke to take it off. Yeah. Well, he even makes that joke earlier in the... Well, with the boobs, yeah. He's like, nope, doesn't work. Oh, the he put the stick when uh, Jack was making the first snowman with Charlie. The non-sentient the, snowman. Right. Yeah, he has the stick. He's like, now it's time for the... Charlie says no, so he sticks it in the, the bottom one. He's like, oh, I thought you said hose. Yeah, he's a crude rocker. Yeah. Cool it's dad. Cool dude. dad. He, he cool rages dad. against the machine. <laughs> The blues machine. The blues machine. 
Yeah, the only machine that he upholds is the patriarchy. The Joliet, <laughs> Illinois House of Blues. Yeah. Uh, so um, he uh, Jack makes Charlie take him with him to town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on a cart, like Frosty, on a wagon. Yeah. Remember, yeah. Remember in the original, Frosty marries a couple kids. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah. Yeah, he's ah. like clergy. He's somehow like officiates a wedding. Uh, a, a hobo wedding, I guess. Who ordained Frosty? Well, I mean, it's hobo law. They've got a whole different other code of like uh, hobo law. Yeah, he's, uh, Frosty's also a hobo doctor and hobo lawyer. He's a, <laughs> he went he's to hobo, hobo college university. <laughs> I didn't spend eight years in hobo medical school to be in Hoboken. In. So uh, that's what I assume Grand Central Station is—is is Hobo University. Ho- yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I, 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 this is terrible. This is a second. terrible Hobo University. I love it. I go so on. yeah, my, nope. my grandpa used to jump trains. That's what I'm thinking of. With hobos, by the way, yeah, that's a hobo, frosty yeah, style. Yeah, a tramp Rain, hobo. There yeah, was a period. A there was you. a period when Rain was about ten years old where he wanted to be a hobo when he grew up, and we were like, well, "Dude, that's yeah, that oh, that that's <laughs> the that's the life, man. Yeah. It's doable. A handkerchief on a stick and a top <laughs> hat, where the top is that's like a, up what, a little, a like bindle? a can." A bindle well, stiff. Well, na- nowadays you get on a train and it's a felony. Yeah. So, <laughs> like back in the day, they just kick you off in whatever town you were in and you'd hop on the next well, train. They beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Bulls. Yeah. Or, or the Pinkertons or whoever fucking finds yeah. you and beat your ass. Just railroad bulls. So, yeah. all right. Um, the uh, He takes him into town. No one notices a moving, talking snowman on a wagon. And this is fast paced <laughs> Medford, Colorado. Yeah. Gas leak. Fucking gas leak, man. Uh, and they head to Charlie's secret soundstage set where Jack teaches him how to play hockey better. Uh, yeah. They, uh, this was one of the, the more jarring moments of the movie, and it was just a line of dialogue. Um, when Snowman Jack demonstrates the, the J-shot for the second time, mm-hmm. it's like, and that's what I call the J shot. It's like, we know you yeah. said it 20 times already. This movie. Right. Um, it's gross. I, I think it's around this moment when they're really getting together as father and son, that he has one of the worst moments for me in this movie, besides him being a creepy uncanny Valley snowman that just will haunt my dreams forever. Um, mm-hmm. He says to his son, you can't tell anyone that I'm a snowman. You can't tell anybody that this is happening. That is such a... Kids, please don't be listening to our show. But also, if you're listening, if somebody tells you that, you got to tell somebody. (laughs) Hey, somebody told me (laughs) not to tell you. Yeah, Yeah. just any secret that an adult tells you, you should tell another adult. Hey, this adult told me to keep the secret. Well, there are good secrets. Like, that's a birthday present for your sister. Don't tell anyone. And everything a snowman can do to you. I've I've seen enough (laughs) horror movies to know that might not be your father. That could be an alien. That could could be anything. It could be a dead hobo inside a snowman. It could be a dead hobo who found your dad's tax information and is pretending to be your father because he watched too much Frosty the Snowman. (laughs) He found your dad's tax. (laughs) 
Identity crime is not a joke. He went through all the snowman paperwork. That is a crime. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, that's that's all I'm saying. That's such a weird thing for the father to say to his kid. It's like, believe me, but tell no one. Right. And and also, then he goes home and insists that his 12 year old son start taking on adult responsibilities immediately. Yeah, you're the man of the house now. Fuck that shit. You are a child. Your mother is an adult. She's the man of the house now. Uh, you know yeah, what I would say? Exactly. You're a snowman who feels no pain. Get out there and get to work, motherfucker, or I'm going to spray you with the hose. Right? I saw I'm you- going to boil some water right now. You I saw- work for me. I saw he you starts th- getting humble gigs I saw at coffee you th- shops. Right? I saw you throw in those snowballs. You can do something. Yeah, yeah we're putting arms. you to work, man. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're shoveling snow at the very least. So then Charlie goes to Shiverfest with Mac. Um, Shiverfest. Shiverfest. Yeah, with one of the most uh, just triggering in general events, the father-son anything. <laughs> the father-son snowman yeah. building. Yeah, contest. you're making a lot of assumptions with the crowd <laughs> at large. The father-son snowman. There's, has there anything ever been so on the nose for this kid? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But Max, like, look, I'm just begging your mom. I'm not actually into snowmen. I'm also a cool non-dad. So. Well, and, and I'm I mean, Char- Charlie was built for this. Yeah, yeah he I makes mean, a snowman like nobody's business because that's like, nobody's business. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's just me and my dad's business. Father and son snowman building. Father and we son do. snowman. We'll give you a snowman where and when you need it. Not when the government tells you. Libertarian snowman builders, finally. He's a sovereign snowman. Finally. He printed out his idea at home. Yeah, and it's that sparkly license plate. uh, Yeah, taped it over his license plate that says this is a sovereign vehicle. With the sparkly photo like you were talking about. So, all right, the next day is December 23rd. Third and a heat wave's beginning. Charlie in Colorado. Yeah, in Colorado. On in the, the top mountains. of a mountain. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that mountain sunshine up there. Um, he tells <laughs> he tells his snow dad that he's decided to rejoin the hockey team. Or luckily the coach and his teammates happen to be driving by his house at the exact moment <laughs> that the game's going to begin soon. Like well, and they are all together in the car also. They were picking like, up uh, the, the girl who lives across the street. Oh, she lives across the street. Okay. And wow. um, she's, the, I, she's the one that says, yeah, let's give him a second chance. I feel like there should have been yeah, more should have with established the girl being she across, lived the, across street. the street. She'd be like, wow, is yeah. that snowman moving and talking in your yard? Charlie. Yeah, it would have been interesting to have another kid involved with this snowman thing. It would have you know been interesting like, to have anybody outside of Charlie get involved with the snowman thing. I know the bully at the end kind of does, but yeah, he's like oh, yeah, my money. dad's dead. My dad's dead too. More money to have dad's a snowman with people. <laughs> that makes sense. My dad was a bottle for many years. Well, no, no. When the, when, when, <laughs> when when one of the kids mentions like he's sad because his dad dies, he says, "I never even knew my old man." <laughs> Like, Which comes up earlier in the movie. Yeah. Even. So uh Jack 
So yeah, anyways, they just let him back on the team. He hops in the van and goes. Jack decides he has to see the hockey game because he missed the one a year ago <laughs> and begins the uh, long slug-like trek to the rink. It's 70 <sighs> degrees. He begins melting, but he does make it, and he watches Charlie make the game-winning shot. Afterwards... Charlie making the game-winning shot is so weird because he hasn't been playing for a year, and he wasn't very good beforehand. No, he wasn't very good. He, no, he wasn't. Was it the J shot? I wasn't paying attention. Made, at this yeah, point. it was the J <laughs> shot. Of course, <laughs> it was the J shot. <laughs> of course. Yeah. What other kind of shot would it be? A K shot? <laughs> <laughs> you dumb son. <laughs> uh, after- I can hear Michael Keaton yelling at me. I can see his. Yeah, Snow, snowy face. And he throws a harmonica at your head, <laughs> or snowballs. His like snow boobs. Recording snow boobs. He throws his snow boobs. Anyway. Snow boobs are better than no boobs. Absolutely. Oh, that would have been so great had that recording session just have him be like a just an insane megalomaniac. He's like, I'm trying to get fucking signed here. I'm trying to make it in Hollywood. Fuck you. You don't I'm get about it. To turn forty, if this doesn't work out, I'm gonna have to leave my wife. Kid. Do you, you don't wanna, you I don't can't look it. them in the eye. I can't go to our cabin and see them for Christmas. I don't have gifts. What if what I can't if, look Dweezil Zap in the eye? What if Birdman had been based on this movie instead of Batman? <laughs> it's like Batman. Snowman. It's a but it's a stage <laughs> play. Yeah, <laughs> where he kills himself. <laughs> yeah, that's a sounds like a Raymond Carver. Yeah. So all right. So um. Anyways, Charlie, okay, wait, 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 wait. I have to, I have to ask while we're talking about darker versions of this movie. Um, you behind you, Thoreau has an image of Jack Frost written like it's a horror movie. Was this yeah. ever a horror? Was there a horror version oh, of this movie? Yes, it came yes, out the year several. before this movie, 1997. The about a killer snowman, and it it had sequels. Yeah. How did we not talk about that before we started talking about this movie? We were off air, Thoreau and I. Yeah, but I we, forgot. Yeah. We, what's with that? Is that a thing? That's a thing? What? The Jack I always, horror? I remember there being a phase where he where he did the, like, uh, what's his name? Bilbo face. Where he's like, ah. About he the had um, icicle teeth, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, Which, the, what, the Jack Frost horror movie, the 1997 Jack Frost horror movie. Uh, the basic plot is that an evil snowman comes to life and starts killing people. Like, there's not much to like do. Like Frosty. Yeah, yeah. imagine well, if yeah. Frosty was um, bloodthirsty. Yeah, uh, the hobo back to kill those it's, kids it, that killed him and buried him by the tree. It, it, <laughs> hobo it, with a nice gun. It, it was like dark comedy, like horror. It was like Leprechaun yeah. kind of vibes. Right. Wait, so yes. it wasn't a dad who came back to kill his son's bullies? No. I don't think so. No, no. I don't know if I ever that, saw him, that but definitely crazy. when I worked at uh, Casa, you know, like I remember all the covers, but I don't think I saw them. So, all right, seeing that Jack's melting... Charlie decides to take him up to the mountains where it's colder. <laughs> he's he's smelting, melting like gold smelting, and ore. Yeah. Or, oh. Sorry. Well, we, we when he shows up at the game, he begins to look like a grotesque, lumpy, melted snowman. Yeah, but even the grotesque, lumpy version of the snowman, he's not very grotesque or lumpy. Not especially, no, because yeah. you know they want. Just it's this is a happy, magic. crazy, hijinks-filled kids movie. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of. And sometimes. Um, so anyways, the bully gets the redemption arc. Um, Gabby and Mac call the police because they can't find Charlie anywhere. Jack and Charlie arrive up at the cabin that the family was going to stay at for Christmas before Jack's death. Charlie falls asleep and Jack calls Gabby nonchalantly letting her know that her dead husband exists still and tells her to come up to the cabin to get Charlie. She drives up there. Charlie wakes up. Terrifying phone call to get though. Right? Vaguely sounds like your dead husband. Has your kid. Has your your son at your cabin. He's at the cabin. Just come see him. Come get him. He's safe. No, you can't talk to him. He's asleep. Don't worry. I don't, I don't have icicles for tea. I'm, I'm not I haven't just husband. killed. I didn't just kill all of your son's bullies. I'm not. I'm not your dead uh, husband, and your car warranty is expired. <laughs> like, oh, son of a bitch! And hangs up. <laughs> you got me. Uh, so Gabby arrives. The snowman body disappears into this twinkly sparking swirling ether and uh after he after he tells charlie he needs to get on with his life yeah <laughs> get over it charlie i'm just your father it's not like i was in your life anyways <laughs> i was relationship <laughs> will have no bearing on you only the time when I came back as a snowman will you remember me for. I mean, let's be clear. That's gonna like that's gonna tight. stick in his brain. The snowman era of his dad. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I mean, he he did play harmonica in a band, but one year he came back as a snowman after he died and haunted me. Oh, yeah, shit. it was really weird. Apparently, yeah, he was kind of horny the whole time. It was weird. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, magic is real and there's life after death. I don't know. I don't know. Um, also, the floating head looked like Heimdall's son <laughs> in Love and Thunder. Yeah. That everybody complained about. I didn't really care too much about the head one way or the other. I oh, thought it didn't bother me. No. Yeah, whatever, you know. But yeah, it just is very funny to me that uh, he looked that bad in 90. What was this, 95? 98. 98. 98. And here we are in 2023, and it looked real bad then, too. Yeah. About the same, yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, Michael Keaton <laughs> arrived on set for his second day of shooting, and <laughs> then he disappears. Two days, tops. That's it. Two days on set. I'm sure of it. Um, but I, I actually did read... Um, that he never actually was on set once. Never saw the snowman puppet. Keaton? Yeah. Well, yeah. What about the kid? Did they, did There's they a lot of the kid? screen. I mean, the he was on screen puppet? with the kid. Oh, that's true. Okay, the kid had to have seen it. There's no way to avoid that. Yeah. Good. That's the main the main character that needs Muppet to see. Muppet version. Yeah. yeah. Michael Keaton doesn't make sense for him to see it because who cares, you know? Well, and like, he never showed up. In a booth. He didn't care enough to show up on set on days he wasn't scheduled to shoot. <laughs> like, at all. Do you think they required him to bleach his hair and grow out his sideburns to look all douchey like that? No, that feels like something he decided. It's like, you know, I think this character, since he plays harmonica in a blues band, needs to look like as big of an asshole as possible. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. They, he disappears. We uh, 
get a last scene at their house. Mac We're gets freed. his groove back. Yeah. From our fucking torture. Mac, Mac pretends to play piano. <laughs> and credits roll. He's like, finally, his spirit is gone. I can fuck his wife without fear of a snowman. <laughs> he is at rest. You mean you mean he took a week off from fucking his wife because his her husband came back as a snowman? Yeah. He's like, the kid's being real weird. I should stop coming over in the middle of the night, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, um, the whole town was built on the site of an ancient blues festival. <laughs> an ancient blues burial ground. <laughs> yep. An ancient natural <laughs> gas blues burial ground. Natural An ancient snow well. burial ground. <laughs> That's where they buried the snow. Um, where? They buried the snow there? Yes. Hoping that it would stay all year? Yeah. So that's that's it. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about this movie. We said it all. Uh, yeah, one unanswered question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who had more cold jokes, Jack Frost or Mr. Freeze? Mmm. Mm. Yeah, good point. No matter what, Clooney was going to be in something with a lot of cold buns out here. <laughs> oh, my God. Is I think Mr. Freeze. Okay, so would this have been better with Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> blues. Blues. The Bluesinator. He's like, it's me. I am your normal father. Yeah, I am I, just a man who lives here in the city in this tiny town walking I'm, to Cliff. <laughs> oh my uh, Charlie boy, let me show you the J-shot. <laughs> okay, J-shot. Arnold Schwarzenegger as cool blues dad would have been the extra weird thing to tip this movie over into all-time yeah, insane classic. Yeah. <laughs> it worked for Jingle All the Way. What did he sell? Hula hoops? <laughs> Beds. Beds? <laughs> was a bed Pillows? salesman. Was he a my pillow guy? He was like a warehouse bed salesman. Yeah. But no, just short saying like, I got the blues, man. Oh yeah. Just <laughs> rain your wolf castle. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. I got nothing else on this. This this was a movie. Oh. I think Put it should a be remade. Hat on it. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think they it's should time. make this movie again. But this but time, it's murder. This time is personal. <laughs> murder time. most. Harry it. Styles completely. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, what's it? Timothy yeah. Chalamet playing the son. <laughs> I'm yes. learning now. The Zoomers are in their 60s. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. That is. That is. <laughs> Jack yeah, Frost. Yeah, that was Jack Frost. I don't know. Yep. Um, it is what it any is. Any final thoughts, guys? No. Snow. <laughs> Snow. Uh, I'm sorry. What's our next Christmas movie? <laughs> this is it. Um, this oh, is it. thank That's God. That's the We're last free. one. Next Sunday, baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which next time we're going to be back to regular harmless phosphorescence and we're going to be watching Judge Dredd. Judge Ooh. Dredd. Next time, which on one? The the, the, the 90s, one. The nineties one. Oh, the, 90s. The, the new one is just Dread. This oh, is that's right, Carl Judge Dredd from okay. the nineties. Yeah, not just Sly Dredd. Sly the Stallone. And uh, for the Patreon, we're doing uh, Strange Brew. Is that right? Yep, Strange Brew for the Patreon. That'll be up. Uh, nice. 
soon, in about a week or so, for the patrons. Um, next time that's on the main nice. feed, Judge Dredd. And uh, yeah, that's it. If you want to be a patron, patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. Until then, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. This has been your host, Thoreau Smiley, and I'm off to casually confirm that magic is real, there's an afterlife, and most unbelievably of all, a middle-aged, regionally popular white blues musician can get signed to a major, la- re- major label record deal. Fantasy. Um, I'm Josh CC, and uh, my dad just came back as a cactus with a Hawaiian shirt on. <laughs> yeah, if my dad comes back as a snowman, I'm going to ask him to go back and get more cigarettes. I'm Brian Lush. <laughs> just go out and get. Um, I really identified with this character, having stick arms and all. I'm Alaric Weber. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye.